Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball. Here's Sean Kleisinger. All right, here we go. It's 3.08 p.m. here in southern Saskatchewan, and we are another day closer to kickoff between the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Ottawa Red Blacks. And what a game that was last night. We'll talk about that throughout the show. In fact, Willie Jefferson of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will be joining us on today's show just after 5.30, so keep it tuned in. Willie Jefferson had a sack last night. He had quite the game. Today's show is brought to you by Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. And nice show we have lined up for you. Mentioned uh, Willie Jefferson. Also have Mark Steven coming up here on the other side of the break because the week in the Canadian Football League continues tonight as the Toronto Argonauts look to stay undefeated. And, man, I don't know if the Calgary Stampeders season is kind of, you know, in balance right now, but it just might be because you look at their uh, upcoming schedule. After tonight, they take on the BC Lions, they take on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and then guess who they play again? They play the Toronto Argonauts. So it's like a murderer's row as far as schedule goes for the Calgary Stampeders. So... As it sits right now, they are 2-5 and five in the West Division standing. So we'll talk to Mark Steven about that, the play-by-play voice of the Calgary Stampeders. At the bottom of this hour, Marshall Hamilton, former Saskatchewan Rough Rider, will join us. And also here in hour one, uh, QB number one for the University of Regina Rams, Noah Pelchier, will hop on the Western Pizza Hotline. And that Western Pizza Hotline, by the way, is the hotline sponsor as it is every single day here inside the sports cage. You can order the Rough Rider Sweet Deal from Western Pizza and enter your name for a chance to win uh, a game from a stadium luxury suite next season. So that's uh, going to be uh well, it, it is fun. I've been up in the suites. I've been fortunate enough to, you know, take a view up there, as I'm sure a lot of you have as well. It's a great view, so that could be you uh, next season. Uh, Shaq Evans, we t- uh, talked with him on Wednesday, it was. Yes, it was on Wednesday, so he will be our Sports Cage Rewind today. And then Farhan Lalji of TSN, he was just recently down in Jacksonville uh, covering the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was uh, watching Nathan Rourke, and it looks like Nathan and Rourke will get a pretty good shot at, you know, competing for a roster spot for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. And that's all you can really ask for. They have three quarterbacks in camp, Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Beathard, and Nathan Rourke. So we're going to talk with Farhan about that. And Farhan is also in Calgary for tonight's game, Friday Night Football, between the Argonauts and the Stampeders. So we will... uh Talk to Farhan about that game as well. And already mentioned at 535, Willie Jefferson coming off that huge game last night. Now, that was just, uh, I don't think many people were expecting that. It's kind of been weird. I mean, go back to June 22nd, not many people 
we're expecting the BC Lions to beat up on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers like they did. And not many people were expecting a 50-burger last night. Yeah, it was, what was it, 50-14 to 14 the final score in favor of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So Winnipeg is 6-2, and two, and uh, the BC Lions dropped to 6-2 and two in the West Division standings. So uh, that was something. I'm going to talk with Willie Jefferson about that. Uh, coming up here in hour three so yeah another day closer another hour closer to kick off sunday between the riders and red blacks we'll also hear the latest from riderville throughout the show today we'll hear from coach craig dickinson who has uh, ruled out uh, brain lenius and in fact let's go through that injury report brain lenius is out kian schaefer baker out that's no surprise darrell walker although he was back on the practice field this week he still remains out with that knee injury Jawan breskison he has that shoulder problem happening right now. He is out. A Nicholas Daly out with a head injury. And uh, Tevin Jones, non-football related. Uh, that was uh, kind of a, you know, a surprise on the report. Hopefully, it looks like he will play on Sunday because there's no designation beside his name. And that usually means that uh, they're good to go uh, come game time. Matt Dean with a foot. He looks like he should be good to go. Rodney Clemens, defensive back, he is out with an ankle. Jackson Ford uh, is has an ankle, but it looks like he should be ready to roll for uh, Sunday at Mosaic Stadium. Zach Fry, offensive lineman, has a lower back problem right now. He is doubtful, so that usually means that you will not play when you have that designation beside you. So Mitch Pickton already mentioned him. He is out. Brandon Council out. So Eric Lofton looks like he will get the start once again at left tackle for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Sunday. And looking across the league and uh, other news and notes, the Edmonton Elks, this came down about an hour ago. The Edmonton Elks have named Canadian quarterback Trey Ford as their starter for week 10. So not this week, next week. Because the Elks have a bye week this week. They return from the bye to take on Winnipeg at Commonwealth Stadium. According to reports by our friend Morley Scott from 630 Ched, the voice of uh, the Edmonton Elks. So uh, I think that's uh, maybe a couple weeks overdue. I don't know. I'm just a radio guy. I'm just sitting here speculating. But, you know, when a team is losing and losing and losing, you know, why are they trotting out the same product on the field? I don't know. Uh, I'm not the coach. I'm not the GM. I'm just a radio guy. Like I said, it's just uh, a little bit odd. Uh, Going south of the border, the NFL is suspending Saints running back Alvin Kamara three games for his role in a fight outside of a Las Vegas nightclub in 2022. Uh, Kamara reached a plea agreement uh, back in July, it was. So, yeah, just a few weeks ago. And no longer is facing a felony charge or anything for his role in the fight that occurred uh, just before the Pro Bowl back in February of 2022. And so the games that Alvin Kamara will miss with the Saints, week one, they take on the Titans. Week two, I believe they are at the Carolina Panthers. And week three, I like this one, music to my ears, at the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. So Alvin Kamara on the shelf for three games. Other NFL notes, veteran running back Marlon Mack signed a one-year contract Friday. So yes, today with the Arizona Cardinals. And did you see last night? It was the kickoff of the preseason schedule and uh, for the NFL, the Hall of Fame game. And former CFL quarterback, we know him well around here, Chris Strevler. Well, he kind of failed to replicate his preseason magic uh, magic from a year ago as uh, the New York Jets, they fell 
21 to 6, I want to say, was the final score to the Cleveland Browns. For some reason, I don't think that's the right final score, by the way, the ticker I'm looking at. Regardless, who cares about the final score? It's an NFL preseason game. My point being, Chris Drevler, he did not look very good. He took over the offense in like the fourth quarter, and uh, he completed just like one of seven passes for nine yards. He had uh, one rush for seven yards. He also tossed an interception on the Jets' final play from scrimmage. So Chris Strebler, uh not creating that magic like we're accustomed to seeing or we're accustomed to seeing when he was up here in Canada. It's uh, still kind of a head-scratcher how he's still getting the opportunities down there. But, hey, and other NFL notes before we head to break here. And a part of a new documentary on Netflix called Johnny Football, uh, which is set to be uh, released here on Tuesday, Johnny Manziel... Apparently, he says in the documentary that he attempted suicide after the Cleveland Browns cut him in 2016. So uh, that's going to be one interesting documentary to tune into on Tuesday. It comes out on Tuesday on Netflix. So uh, that's going to be one thing to look out for. Baseball tonight, the Toronto Blue Jays, they are 0-7 against the Boston Red Sox this year. Can you believe that? 0-7. I kind of forgot about that. Heading into a very important three-game weekend series at Fenway Park. Uh, Canadian James Paxton starts the opener for the Red Sox. And Alec Manoa goes for Toronto tonight. Game one starts tonight just after 5 o'clock. And the action is continuing at the Canadian Little League Championships here in Regina. The host North Regina Little League uh, got their first win of the tournament today. That's just awesome to hear. A 7-6 to win over Ontario. The team from BC has an off day today. But they have been absolutely dominating the tourney so far. They beat Alberta. Uh, 3-1 to one yesterday, and they beat Ontario 21 uh, to nothing on Wednesday. And uh, the championship, I mentioned this yesterday, but the championship will happen uh, this coming Thursday, August the 10th, with the winner set to go to Williamsport, Pennsylvania, for the Little League World Series. Hey, we'll hear from Micah Tights a little later on. We are going to hit the break, and on the other side of the break, we are going to check in with Mark Steven, who is uh, getting set to call a big game in Calgary tonight, Friday night football. Oh, I didn't say it like I should have. Friday night football tonight. Toronto Argonauts versus the Calgary Stampeders. We're going to talk with Mark Steven about it coming up next. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Now bringing you three hours of the hottest sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Back inside the Sports Cage here on this Friday. It's another hot day here in the Queen City. That NFL game last night, by the way, it was 21-16. to I said 21-6. to I knew that wasn't right. Nonetheless, it was uh, it was the first game of the NFL preseason schedule, and Chris Strebler, he did not look very good last night. Hopefully, the Calgary Stampeders, if you're a Stamps fan in Calgary, looking for a little bit better of a outing tonight as the Calgary Stampeders are trying to knock off the undefeated Toronto Argonauts as the Argos are rolling into town tonight at McMahon Stadium. Friday night football, and we are joined on the Western Pizza Hotline now by our friend Mark Steven. Mark, how are you doing today? What's the scene looking like in Calgary? Is it as hot as it is here in the Queen City? Actually, no. It's uh, I wouldn't say cool, but it's about 24 degrees right now with the threat of rain. At some time tonight, we're going to get rain. I don't know if it'll be during the game or not, but uh, it's going to cool down a bit here. So, no, I wouldn't call it hot. I would mm. call it uh, uh, 
just threatening a bit. Oh, just please don't tell me there's going to be some kind of lightning delay or something. It seems like every it seems like it's getting worse every single year. It seems like there's like a handful of games that just go through these delays. Hopefully, we don't see that tonight. Oh yeah, just, just had one on Sunday. Oh, oh yeah, my goodness. <laughs> so hopefully, you have a lot of content ready to roll, pre-recorded content, because I know I've been a part of those broadcasts before where you know it's a big delay and then you're kind of caught talking for like three hours straight on the air. <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, it's much easier at home when you're looking for guests than on the road, I can yeah. tell you that. But uh, we'll yeah. make the best of it, whatever's thrown our way, though. Yeah, so it's a big game tonight, and I was looking ahead at the Calgary Stampeders schedule. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I just uh, looked at it real quick, but uh, the upcoming schedule is uh, looking very tough as far as uh, oh, yeah, the well, teams go. Yep, they've uh, got the heavyweights of the league, just one after the other after the other. Uh, Toronto tonight, then in Vancouver Back here against Winnipeg on the 18th and in Toronto on the 25th. So August is going to be a real big test for the football team. And right now is, uh, you know, not where they thought they'd be, 2-5. and five, And uh, you don't want to get to too much behind any other team in the league right now. So it's a huge month. So uh, it's probably safe to say then, then these upcoming four games for the Calgary Stampeders, Toronto tonight, BC, Winnipeg, Toronto, those four games... I mean, I don't want to say, I don't want to be dramatic. I don't want to be a dramatic Sally here and be like, okay, this is their season, these next four games. But these four games, very important when it comes to the final standings for the Calgary Stampeders because we all know in the Canadian Football League, yes, six teams make the playoffs, three teams don't. And a a four-game chunk could be the deciding factor. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, if you want to think of the worst possible outcome, it could be two and nine, uh, you know, and that would make uh, the playoffs an almost impossibility. So, you know, but you can only lose one at a time if you are indeed going to lose. So, you know, we'll see what happens tonight against Toronto. Uh, both teams are facing a lot of travel after last week. As you well know, Toronto was in the Maritimes. Mm-hmm. Stampeders were in Montreal on Sunday and then had the long trip back, uh, you know, much longer than expected because of the delay getting out of Montreal due to the late uh, game because of the lightning. So, you know, a lot on the line here tonight. But, uh, yeah, you're right. It certainly could get away from the Stampeders here over the next four days. Yeah, so how do you feel about this game tonight from a Stampeders perspective? Just take us well, through it. Reason to be, so, yeah, some reason to be, uh, you know, a uh, reason for optimism because while they did lose in Montreal and did not score an offensive touchdown, they did position themselves well enough to kick six field goals. That's too many. I don't want to dispute that, but maybe they can start turning some of those into uh, scores, uh, seven-point scores, because, you know, Rene Paredes has kicked 22 field goals. He's been incredibly clutch, but there's too much on his plate, so they can find a way to smooth out those drives. I think what they've worked with all week long, talking with quarterback Jake Merritt, said you don't have to be Superman. Be good. And, uh, you know, throwing the ball away in a situation is not the ideal option, but it beats the alternative. So uh, don't be afraid to do that. And, you know, uh, he's uh, played in spurts, but he's got to play more consistently for sure. Okay, it's been kind of the year of the backup quarterback here in the CFL due to all the injuries happening. And, uh, well, I mean, here in Saskatchewan, for obvious reasons, Trevor Harris went down. Uh, Over there out west in Calgary, has there been any talk of a a quarterback change, or is this Jake Maris' team? No doubt about it. Yeah, this is Jake Maris' team. He'll uh, 
they'll work with him through thick and thin and, uh, you know, coax him, encourage him, coach him up. So, you know, there's reason to think that he did uh, some good things in the prior two years. He's got to do more of it this year. But, uh, no, there's no uh, debate about who's in charge, and uh, this team goes as far as he takes them. Hey, we had a Darnell Sankey on with us yesterday. He's a former linebacker, of course, with the Calgary Stampeders and of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He was just uh, released out of his XFL contract earlier this week. Has there been any chatter around town uh, about a possible reunion between Sankey and the Calgary Stampeders that you know of? No, unless there's an injury, a season-ending injury to someone, that's one area they're very happy with. Micah Awe came over, and he's leading the league in tackles. He's been tremendous there. Uh, right behind him in terms of productivity has been Cam Judge, the former Rough Rider. He's been tremendous. And Titus Wall, who's the sixth defensive back, you know, guy uh, who's played a linebacker as well, he's having a big season. So, you know, there's ups and downs with this team, but linebacker has been one of the most stable positions. So, again, unless there's an injury, a season-ending injury, I don't think they get into the Darnell Sankey market. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The Stampeders yeah. linebacking core is just uh, top-notch in the Canadian Football League. Yeah. Uh, Mark Steven, the play-by-play voice for the Calgary Stampeders here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, Mark, what did you think of that game last night? I mean, a lot, a lot of people weren't expecting a 50-burger from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but there you had it. 50-14, to 14, the final score. Boy, they just looked like they were spring-loaded, especially right out of the gate there. Mm -hmm. I mean, two touchdowns on about their first three offensive plays. No, they were just crazy. They were right on top of the game. They were just flying and uh, took full advantage of uh, the B.C. Lions, just got on top of them, and uh, there was no way the Lions had any hope of coming back. I know they, too, have some quarterback issues, but, uh, you know, let's give Winnipeg credit. They were on the bye week. They came back and played very well, and, you know, maybe they have had their uh, struggles this year, but they're still very good, and, uh, you know, it's not completely unthinkable that they would win the Grey Cup this year. So, in your mind, Mark, are the Winnipeg Blue Bombers the top dogs once again? The team to beat? I'll tell you after tonight. I don't want to dodge the question. I want to see Toronto up Mm -hmm. close and see what they've done. They've got a lot of good offensive things they've done, too. I certainly like what Toronto has done, but I'd like to see them, you know, in person. I I would have to say uh, right now it's still Toronto, so Mm -hmm. that's the way I would see it. But Winnipeg is very, very good, and BC's still very, very good, too. I mean, Stampeders get the Lions next week, uh, which is going to be interesting after they got so humbled, and we'll wait and see what happens. But no, I'd have to say Toronto right now, uh, uh, but I'll have a better look after the game tonight yeah well i can't wait to watch tonight's game because uh i love seeing those calgary stampeder unis on the big hd screen uh they're looking yeah. really fresh this year uh, this year i know i asked you this before but uh I'm, i take it that you like the new look Totally. It, uh, it's got a you know very good design. It pops out there. Went back to red and white, got rid of the black, which is not a Stampede or color. I love them, too. It's a throwback. And I like Toronto's uniforms, too. Uh, frankly, I don't know why they changed their prior uniforms. I thought they had great uniforms. So, yeah, if you're looking for aesthetics, this is your game tonight, both teams with very nice-looking uniforms, for sure. Well, have a good call tonight, Mark, and thanks for uh, joining us uh, so close to kickoff here, uh, Friday Night Football. Yeah, on our way to the stadium in a bit. Uh, should be a nice night, and uh, really looking forward to it. And thanks for the call. Yep, thank you, my friend. That's Mark Steven, the play-by-play voice of the Calgary Stampeders, as uh, he's almost on his way to McMahon Stadium in Calgary, Alberta, for a big game tonight, Friday Night Football. Uh, the Toronto Argonauts looking to stay undefeated, and the Calgary Stampeders, they are looking to be the team to knock off the undefeated team. And who's to say, are the Argos really going to finish 18-0? and So maybe tonight, 
could be the night they get knocked off, but uh, hey, I guess that's why they play the game. That was a quote from what movie? I think it was like any given Sunday or something. No, like no, that. you're talking, you're thinking Herm Edmonds. Yeah, you play yeah. to win the game. That's that's it right there. That's why you you play to win the game. On that note, we're going to head to break. On the other side, Marshall Hamilton will be joining us after our Blue Jay report. We're going to check in with the radio, uh, with the radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, Ben Wagner. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. It's one of the teams our whole country rallies around. The chase for the championship is on. Time for today's Blue Jays reports on the Sports Cage. Voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, Ben Wagner here. Ben, this is the first time uh, we have chatted since the uh, acquisition of Jordan Hicks before the deadline. A guy who throws, what, 104 mile per hour fastball. Uh, for Jays fans here in Saskatchewan that are maybe unfamiliar with uh, Mr. Hicks, what kind of guy are they getting? Well, they're going to get a bulldog on the mound for a couple of innings. And it's not only just the final three outs of a ball game. But I mean that, a couple of innings where... He can give the Blue Jays a lot of versatility in the back end or high leverage innings. And I was asking John Schneider about this yesterday. Now that things kind of like are falling into peace for the Blue Jays, trade fast, what's the projection on Jordan Romano? And the news is good. Played catch today, should throw off a mound this weekend. That's really the best case scenario for Jordy to get come, to get back off the injured list. But the Blue Jays wanted to improve their bullpen with swing and miss. No more of this dynamic profile and interesting looks. Um, and not to take anything away on other guys or how the bullpen was constructed, you win ball games down the stretch. You win ball games in October, the playoffs, the World Series with power. Power pitching is exactly what Jordan Hicks brings to the Toronto Blue Jays. And it's an electric fastball that does have triple-digit potential anytime it rolls off his fingertips in. 102 to 104 miles an hour, a sinker that hits triple digits as well, and then a redeveloped slider or sweeper is it's classified. If you really go into the data and the terminology, it's classified as a sweeper or whatever. It's a nasty, nasty pitch, especially with guys who have to sit ready for the fastball. And again, it boils down to leverage. If Romano is in a good spot and matchups are good, he's going to close a game. Aaron Hicks, or uh, it's not Aaron Hicks, pardon me. I'm looking at the Orioles and Aaron Hicks. Um, but Jordan Hicks mm-hmm. will be out there in a leverage situation, and that might come as early as the sixth, certainly the seventh and the eighth, where he can cover two innings to get you six outs. So how do you sum up the trade deadline overall for Toronto? Is it a, a win-lose? How should Jays fans feel? It's a push for me. Uh, I think there were needs that were not completely addressed. Uh, Paul DeYoung joining this is a nice piece. It's going to be a nice piece in the absence of Bo Bichette for the next couple of weeks. He's going to get a lot of runway to play at shortstop, show the Blue Jays what he can do. Hopefully get the bat in terms of on base and batting average a little bit more stocked up than what he had had this year in St. Louis. And it had been a slow start for Paul DeYoung coming out of the gate with a back injury and missing almost the first month of the regular season. Uh, you know, if he can give anything more than what Kevin Biggio, more than what Santiago Espinal, he certainly has a lot more potential than both of those bats out there. He is going to earn himself a lot of playing time. That makes things fluid with Whit Merrifield and how Dalton Varsho then factors in because Whit can play more in left field and less of a platoon at second base for the Blue Jays. So, you know, those are the really two big, big ads of the three that came from St. Louis for the Blue Jays. And 
there's just not that big splash with a right-handed bat, that big threat that I thought the Blue Jays were going to somehow find at the trade deadline. And there were a lot of names. There was Lane Thomas. There was early Nelson Cruz, who never really profiled, I think, outside of the DH. Um, But Teoscar Hernandez didn't sound like he was going to be made available to the Toronto Blue Jays specifically. If you read the comments from Jerry DePoto in Seattle last night, if you hear as well what Ross Atkins was saying, and just about those bigger names that should have been out there for the taking for the Blue Jays. Uh, because they certainly have, they certainly had the the prospect capital, and they had pieces at the major league roster, major league ready, and guys that are in the big leagues right now, and could maybe factor in to somebody's plans moving down the road. Uh, so that's that's the one place I think the Blue Jays fell short, but they have they've made their club better. But I think that is first and foremost. If you are going to be a buyer at the trade deadline, you want to walk away from that 6 p.m. August 1st deadline better than what you were the 24 hours prior. And I do believe that the Blue Jays are in a better position knowing that they get Romano and they get Bichette back. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage here on this Friday. I don't trust this temperature at the bottom of my screen anymore, Blaine, after yesterday. Oh, there you go. It says plus 29 now. I was going to say mine's 29. So yeah. What was yours before? It was 22 before it updated, before I scrolled my mouse over it. <laughs> you know, at one point, my thing said highway construction. I was going to say, yeah, no wonder. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we welcomed, uh, speaking of welcoming people into our house, we welcomed uh, Joey Chestnut into our house this morning here at the Harvard Media Headquarters, downtown Regina, 1900 Rose Street. Joey Chestnut, he's getting set to slug some donuts back tonight, I take it, at the Queen City X at, oh, I think 5 p.m. from inside the Brandt Center. And uh, heard the interview that he did with our own Mark Johnston on our sister station, 92, uh, Play 92. And uh, Mark, or uh, Joey Chestnut, apparently he trains, he trains... I guess you have to. He trains as far as, you know, eating food. So basically, he trains eating hot dogs every week, he said, basically. So that's what, 20,000 calories a week? Usually, it's the other way around. You train to maybe lose weight. I remember talking to him. Like, I talked to him last year. I remember him talking about how he was very extensive into the training. And and you'd think, like, those are actually training for food eating, but actually, there is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Extensive, not, extensive hot dog training. And we're That's not talking about like just eating training as well. Yeah. Hey, let's not wait this um, or make this guy wait any longer. Marshall uh, Hamilton with us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Marshall, how you doing today? Are you getting set for a nice uh, Friday night football game tonight? Well, first of all, I'm doing well. I, I haven't had a hot dog yet today. I go to the gym almost every day. But I've never eaten a hot dog when I work out, so it's a different workout than Joey Chestnut. Yeah, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Imagine waking up in the morning instead of you know having the fears of oh I'm going to be so out of breath, I'm going to be sweating. Imagine having the fears that you're going to you know throw up a hot dog. That's just uh, not in my world. But here we are, Queen City X is here. <laughs> yeah, well, not that I expect you to know the answer, but I have to believe that he uh, refunds the hot dogs after he eats them in training because I can't imagine anybody putting that kind of food and, and calories in their mouth 
mm. and the training regiment. No, I know. I said this a couple days ago. Like I am, I am honestly, I don't want to sound mean, but I'm very like concerned about these competitive food eaters just because it's just not natural you know but uh, that's enough i guess food eating talk for the day i want to talk to you about some uh football uh i want to talk to you about this because i'm not sure if uh marshall hamilton you've discussed this on the rider pregame show or not but um if you have well you're gonna talk about it again my friend so here we go uh i saw an article earlier this week now it kind of makes me cringe that i that i'm giving it any type of uh publicity but it's a talking point, so here we are. Uh, what does Marshall Hamilton think about you? You know, uh, moving the goalposts back, uh, like they have it uh, down south. What do you What do you feel about that? And do you know what article I'm talking about? I don't know the article. I have heard it being mentioned in the last week or two, but I don't know by who, and I don't know what their rationale was. No, I'm. I don't think it's a good idea. I I think that. You know, the things about the Canadian game that most of us love is the unique parts of it. And the more we try to make it like the NFL, I don't know that that makes our game better. It it doesn't make it more unique. It makes it less unique. But, I mean, keep in mind that our end zones are 20 yards and theirs are 10. And if we move the goalposts back 20 yards, all of a sudden now you're kicking a 55-yard field goal from from 35 and, you know, it's going to cut down the scoring substantially. I mean, there's there's lots of games in the Canadian Football League where a kicker kicks five or six or seven field goals, I think maybe even more. Uh, I, I just think that it's it, it would take away from scoring, and I don't think the fans are saying we want less scoring. I think they're saying we want more scoring. Now, they don't necessarily want field goals, but I don't think it makes sense. And, and in all of my years, uh, I'll tell a quick story. I was playing yeah. quarterback for the – O'Neill Titans in high school provincial final up in Saskatoon and I was the quarterback and my best man and my best friend a guy named Barry Ackerman was my tight end and he, I called a post pattern for him and I threw the ball and then I got tackled so I didn't see the end of the play but he literally ran right into the post and he would have caught it had it not been for the fact that sort of the ball and him and the, and the goalpost met at the same time. And he always says, well, you shouldn't have called a post pattern. That's what I did. I ran to the post. Um, As joking, of course. But my point is that there aren't many times in a season where there's an interaction with the post. I mean, there's kicks that hit the post and things like that. But I don't think it's a player safety issue. I mean, they got those things wrapped with with foam pretty good. Um, I just, I don't think it's a good idea because it takes, it would, make us less unique and i like the fact that the canadian football league is unique yeah and one of the things that makes the canadian football league unique and one of the most exciting plays in the canadian game is the missed field goal return and if you move the goal posts back you're not going to be seeing that anymore i don't think that's something that, something that many people you know think of when they say oh yeah let's just move the goal posts back well if you do that i mean how many of these exciting plays will be completely, you know, wiped off the board or never happened. Like Mario Alford's big returns, you name it, over the years. Like, that play would just be completely non-existent, and that play is what makes Canadian football so exciting. Yeah, no, I, I hadn't even thought of that. You make a great point. That that 
in itself, I think, is a great reason to not move the goalpost back. I mean, you didn't mention this part of it. I mean, the long returns, yes, that's a big part of Canadian football, and it happens quite often. You probably have about seven or eight of those every year in the Canadian Football League that somebody tries a long field goal and it gets returned for a touchdown by the opposing team. But some of the plays that I remember more so when I was young than I, than, than now is plays where you know the game's tied at the last minute and somebody's trying to kick a field goal and it goes wide and rather than give up a single point, they've got they've got their punter, their kicker and somebody else back there that catches it and punts it back out. Mm-hmm. And then somebody on the on the offense or on the kicking team, you know, tries to grab it and punts it back in and they're punting it back and forth to try to get the game-winning point uh, or to prevent the game-winning point from being scored. So that was always an exciting way to watch games end uh again many years ago, but that still could apply today. Yeah. So I I agree with you that that's a great reason not to change that rule. Yeah, Marshall Hamilton here on the Western Pizza Hotline, former Saskatchewan Rough Rider, and uh, well, let's talk about this game on Sunday, man. You excited for this game? Uh, Ottawa Red Blacks coming into town. They took a little bit of a step back last week, of course, with that loss versus Hamilton. But uh, the two weeks prior to that, it's been Crum Nation all over the place. Dustin Crum literally running all over the place, and now here we are. A big uh, date set on Sunday. How do you see this game going? Yeah, I'm to answer your first question. Yes, I am excited. And mm-hmm. what I said, I as you know, I host a or co-host a, a show on Access on Tuesdays called In the Huddle, and we could do our predictions every 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 week at the end of that show. And in, in my prediction for this week on that game, I picked Saskatchewan to win, and I I think it's going to be a close game. I I think. Uh, Dustin Crum is the real thing, and I I refer to the term it. He has the it factor, and I really like what I've seen out of him, and he's going to be an exciting addition to that team, hopefully for a long time. But he better start protecting himself because he got beat up a lot in the last game that they played. I can't remember who it was against, but whoever they played against, uh, I think it was was it Calgary? Mm, Yeah, I I believe. uh, Yeah. the, the team they played against showed the template, and, and hopefully Saskatchewan's defensive coordinator and defense were watching that game. Well, last week they it was Hamilton, rushed, yeah. They, they essentially, yeah, it was Hamilton. They essentially rushed three guys almost all game, and they had the fourth guy was the spy, and I think somebody said they said the word spy far too many times during that broadcast. But that's what the guy was doing, and what that was doing was it was forcing Dustin Crum to use a part of his game that he wasn't as familiar with, and that is dropping back, passing, reading defenses, and throwing to the open zone or the open man. He was he was you know making things happen with his legs. Well, it's harder to make things happen with your legs when you've got nine guys in coverage and you've got somebody spying on you all the time. So I think we'll see more of that from Saskatchewan this week. We'll see. We haven't seen much three three rushers from Saskatchewan at all this year. But I think I think Hamilton showed that that's an effective way. Um, I'm sure the coaches in Ottawa are coaching Dustin Crum, saying, "Here's what you do with a three-man rush: you 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 pull your way into one of those two gaps, either on the left or on the right, but you don't run. You run towards the line of scrimmage, and as you're doing that, when they come up to get you, that's when you find your man open somewhere downfield. So it's still sort of a broken play kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But Dustin Crumb's really good at that, and I think he's got a really good arm. 
But I think Saskatchewan's defense will figure him out. Uh, and I think Saskatchewan's offense, uh, you know, they showed a few glimpses last week against Toronto. I think they outplayed Toronto's offense. But they got to win with all three phases of the game. They got to play well on defense, which for the most part they have this year. They got to play better on special teams than they have in the last couple of games. And certainly they, they showed flashes of being a really good special teams unit earlier in the year. But they got to score some touchdowns on offense. And that's the biggest the biggest problem the Riders are having this year. So whether it's Mason Fine or uh, Jake Dolagala, who I think should be starting this game, uh, they got to score some points. Hey, Marshall, thanks for uh, for your time today, my friend. Enjoy uh, the game coming up here on Sunday, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, take care. Enjoy your hot dogs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go get some right after the shift. That's Marshall Hamilton on the Western Pizza Hotline. We are going to hit the break and chat with QB1 of the University of Regina Rams, Noah Pelchier, as the Rams are getting set for their 2023 season. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, it's 3.51 here inside the Sports Cage. Sean Kleisinger filling in for Michael Ball today alongside Blaine Wyland across the board for me. And coming up here in just a few short weeks, the University of Regina Rams will be kicking off their season And the season opener is Friday, September 1st at home versus the UBC Thunderbirds. But they do play a preseason game before that versus the Manitoba Bisons. And we are pleased to be joined now on the Western Pizza Hotline by the starting quarterback of your University of Regina Rams, Noah Pelchier. Noah, what's good, my friend? What are you up to? Not too much. I'm just finishing up my shift at work here. Nice, my friend. So, uh, hey, I want to ask you about your experience at Saskatchewan Rough Rider uh, training camp this year. Uh, just take us through that. What kind of experience was that for yourself? Yeah, it was it was an amazing experience. Uh, just being around it was, was huge. I, I didn't get to do a whole lot in practice, I guess. They were kind of fighting for that that second, third string spot for quarterbacks there. So I didn't get too many throws in, but even just kind of standing around at practice, standing in those meetings, I was able to take so much away. And yeah, I noticed coming back to the, the Rams, the, the game's kind of slowed down for me a little bit, which mm-hmm. is, has been a huge part. But yeah, just a bunch of takeaways from them. Uh, being around a great crew of quarterbacks out there was, was huge for me. And yeah, I'm definitely going to be able to build off that. Yeah, you kind of hear it all the time when players you know get a chance at the level higher up and then they go back to their team you always hear players say oh uh, you know I just love the experience that I gained there but I guess my question I just want you to go into more detail like uh, what exactly are you going to be bringing what's the number one thing that comes to mind as far as what are you bringing from your experience with the Rough Riders that you can directly implement uh, into the Regina Rams in 2023 outside of, you know, the generics uh, of, you know, the game being slowed down. Is there like one or two things that come to mind that, you know, you've noticed right away that that camp has provided big help for you? Yeah, for sure. I think the two things that kind of come to my mind first is like their playbook was huge and being able to, yeah, really, really look at it, and get the takeaways from that was awesome. As soon as I came back, I, I had a meeting with our head coach, OC, and kind of told him 
a couple ideas that I really like that they were doing there. And yeah, we've been trying them out in practice and they're, they're looking good. So lots of, a couple different plays, a couple different concepts like that we'll be able to take away, which will be nice. And then I think, yeah, the other big thing that kind of comes to mind is just like watching the leadership styles there, like being around Trevor Harris there, kind of seeing him take over that team and lead is, is mm-hmm. yeah, was awesome to see. And being going into my second year, I guess, obviously first year, I was, I was more focused on just kind of doing my best, playing my role. But now being more comfortable with the team, I think taking over as a leader is going to be a big thing. And yeah, just seeing the way Trevor and even the other quarterbacks kind of took over the leadership side of that, I'll be able to, to bring to the team this year. Compare yourself this year where you stand right now compared to where you were last year going into the 2022 season. I honestly think I made a pretty big jump from last year. Like I said, it was a little bit of nerves going into the season last year. It was my first time playing a full game in almost three years at that point. So so the the nerves definitely came in, and obviously there was the, the first-year mistakes and just kind of getting used to the speed of the game and, yeah, just university-level football kind of thing. But now I'm comfortable with all that. I'm more comfortable with everyone around me of – a couple couple more years under my belt with the receivers, the O-line, the, the running back. So I definitely feel a lot more comfortable and confident. Even, yeah, just playbook-wise, scheme-wise, all that, I feel a lot more com- confident in. So mm-hmm. that will definitely be a, a huge step for me this year. Noah Pelshi, the starting quarterback for the University of Regina Rams here on the Western Pizza Hotline. We had head coach Mark McConkey on earlier on this week, and Mark McConkey said that he thinks the strong point on this Rams team this year is the offensive line. And you mentioned it right there. Maybe just uh, take us through your offensive line this year and how much more confident you feel when it comes to them going into this season compared to last year. Yeah, for sure. I'm super confident in them. I always have been. We got a couple guys back from from injuries last year, and we got a couple new signings, which will be big. And yeah, they've been working really hard all off season. They've been working with Brett Jones a lot. And I know he brings a lot to the table. He has obviously a lot of great experience he can share with them. And yeah, we get together with our O line. I guess it's only every every second week. Other than that, they're kind of doing their own thing. But yeah, you can just see it in the way they play they're confident in themselves and they're they've really come a long way yeah they're i feel super comfortable standing behind absolutely any of them hey noah thanks for your time today my friend i cannot wait to uh, watch you this year and uh, best of luck here in 2023 for sure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's Noah Pelshe, starting quarterback for your University of Regina Rams on the Western Pizza Hotline. And that does it for hour one here. We're going to head to break, have the four o'clock news. And then on the other side, Chris Getzlaff. And then we will have a sports cage rewind as well. We uh, had Shaq Evans join us earlier on this week, so we will relive that memory. You are listening to the sports cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. Says it's plus 29 and smoky out here in the Queen City. All the smoke in the air. Queen City X in town. Beautiful weekend. I love these rider games that fall on the weekend of the Queen City X. Just has a little bit extra buzz. You walk outside the stadium after the game. You see all the lights, all the, you know, 
festivities going on, all the mini donuts rolling around on the street, candy floss flowing through the air. It's a beautiful time to be alive. Today's show is brought to you by Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years, getting set for Friday Night Football tonight. The Toronto Argonauts taking on the Calgary Stampeders. The Argos looking to stay undefeated. And the Stamps, oh, this is a big stretch for them. They play Toronto tonight, then they got the BC Lions, then they got the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and then guess who they play after that? The Toronto Argonauts. So this is a big stretch for the Calgary Stampeders. But uh, right now, we are going to talk about your Saskatchewan Rough Riders and former Saskatchewan Rough Rider great. Joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline, number 89, Chris Getzlaff. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for carving out a couple minutes here, uh, Chris. It's the first time I've chatted with you since, uh, I think, well, yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. I believe uh, July 20th-ish. Uh, it was announced that the 2013 Saskatchewan Rough Riders and builder Wendy Kelly will be inducted into the uh, Plaza of Honor this year. So when you heard that news, uh, I think it was ine- uh, uh, inevitable. It was going to happen at some point. But when you heard that news, I mean, what went through... Chris Getzlaff's head. You were a big part of that team, obviously. Yeah, I mean it's a uh, it's a big honor, and I think it's a, a great great way to kind of have a ten year reunion to get mm-hmm. a, a bunch of guys together that were were part of a team like that that was able to go the distance and and bring a, a great cup to Saskatchewan. Hey, I know you talk about the 2013 team a lot. Uh, you probably get asked about it a lot. Does it ever get kind of old talking about those memories, you know, the stretch that you guys went on and then ultimately hoisting the Grey Cup on your own on your own home soil here in Regina? Does that ever get old? Uh, I don't think so. You know, it's yeah. one of those things that uh, it's a year that, that you look back on your career and it's, you know, kind of the the greatest year that you, you feel like you had um, as a team. So, you know, uh, getting the opportunity to play in the league for 11 years and being on a lot of successful teams um, and a lot of really good teams, you don't you don't get to hoist that trophy um, all the time. So, that specific year and being able to do it on home soil, I mean, that's just uh, I think it's something that'll never get old talking about. Is there something about that 2013 team that comes to mind, something that you've never really like talked too much about to the public? Anything like, you know, anything said in the locker room, any funny thing that happened during the game? Is there anything new that you can tell our listeners here on, what is it, August 4th, 2023, about that 2013 team? I know I'm putting you on the spot. That's a tough question. Apologize, but... Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if it would be... Uh, I don't know if it would be anything that would be newly public knowledge but you know obviously uh going on a, a four game losing streak that year there's you know some questions uh about how the team could pull through from from outside sources anyway and um i just kind of remember uh losing to calgary and and kind of after the game you know uh not everybody but there were several guys that were kind of hanging their heads and uh g roy simon kind of got up and said, guys, we're in a great position and we're going to be back here in two weeks' time and we're going to kick their ass. <laughs> and and that's exactly how it played out, right? So, uh, I don't know. We just uh, we had such a great locker room and, and a lot of pieces that got brought in that year 
that uh, really added to to the product, both uh, on the field and off the field. And when it all comes together like that, it's uh, it's a truly good feeling. That's an awesome story. Give me a helmet right now. I want to run through that wall, man. Uh, uh, speaking of those like Calgary Stampeders, that's the one team this has been talked about a lot too. You carved them up through the years. Was it as simple as they used to put like their I don't know third, fourth best defensive back on you? Was it as simple as that, or was there something else in the air when you played those Calgary Stampeders? Uh, I mean, the, them putting their third best guy on me was definitely part of it. That's mm-hmm. for sure because they were doing a lot of matchups uh, uh, during that time. You know, where Brandon Browner would follow Fantuz around, yeah. or uh, Dwight Anderson would follow Weston Dressler around. You know, and then I would end up with you know Mason Raymond or whatever, right? So, yeah. um, uh, so is it? Is it that? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's an aspect of that to it, but uh, there was something about playing in Calgary that just gave me a lot of comfort, I guess. Mm-hmm. It just felt comfortable for me to, to play on that field, and I don't know, had a, a lot of confidence going into it and uh, was you know, thankfully able to make a, a lot of plays there. Chris Gatzlaff joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. I want a quick word from you about uh, this year's squad. What do you make of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders here on uh, August 4th? We are coming up here on a big game Sunday versus the Ottawa Red Blacks. I guess just uh, kind of sum up in Chris Getzlaff's words on uh, how you feel this team has uh, come so far. Uh, I mean, I think they've shown some some pretty good signs, That's especially defensively. Um, you know, when you fight a lot of injuries, especially early on in the year, it's really hard to get that chemistry going that you need. And I think that, you know, the first couple of games, you could definitely see um, what was there offensively um, for the possibilities, right? You yeah. know, we were putting up yards, we were moving the ball, you know, we were scoring. Like, it, it, it was all there. And as soon as you have, you know, a pile of injuries that early on, it makes it a lot harder to to continue with that chemistry. You know, having having a, a quarterback like like Trevor Harris go down, um, it can be pretty detrimental to to the overall team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Mason Fine has actually played pretty well. Like, you know, he's not jumping off the charts or anything like that. But all in all, I, I think that he's done a pretty good job considering. And like I said, defensively, they're really solid. And special teams, I mean, Alford is, is, I would argue, the best returner in the league. So, you know, I, I think that there there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel, and there's still a possibility for, for this year uh, being a success. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking a couple minutes today, Chris, and uh, can't wait to uh, welcome you back to Mosaic Stadium here. I believe it's October 7th, the home game versus the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, that's the game that uh, the new enshrinees will be inducted into the Plaza of Honor, and this year the 2013 Saskatchewan Rough Riders making their way in there. So uh, thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to October 7th myself. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. That's Chris Getzlaff, the legend of Chris Getzlaff here on the Western Pizza Hotline. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait for that October 7th game. I always love when the Hamilton Tiger Cats come to town, too, for some reason, because I remember back in the 90s, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, they were the very last CFL team that I saw live in person like I used to like collect all the programs and like count down all the teams that I've seen live and then I remember 
I saw every team except those pesky Hamilton Tiger Cats. And then the the day came, and I finally got to see him. I remember it was a 1998 game, and Vincent Donaldson was on the cover of of the game day program. I still have it. And Number 24. Uh, yeah. So I, I finally got to see the Hamilton Tiger Cats play in person. Well, what I, about those American teams, though? Oh, but you see, that's that's a I, little before my time. And, and I know they didn't... They ne- they didn't all come to Saskatchewan, so yeah. you're off the hook there, Zach. Yeah, but uh, I would have loved, I would have loved to see it. Like, like you were saying yesterday, you saw the... The Sacramento Gold Miner yeah. game? Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, man. and uh, I know my dad used to work uh, the camera in the end zone for uh, TSN. Oh, yeah. So he used to, uh, and also along the sidelines as well, and he has a lot of stories about when the American teams used to roll in here, and this makes me jealous. I wish I was born just like 10 years earlier, you know? But, uh, you know, thanks again to Chris Getzlaff for joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. And we are going to head to break on the other side. We have some Riders audio for you. Uh, after practice today, Blaine Weiland caught up with C.J. Revis. He caught up with Micah Tights. And uh, Coach Dickinson as well. We're going to hear all that coming up on the other side. You are listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Relick, first pitch swinging, flare towards left center field, and that's going to tie the game at least. Contreras cruises home, sprinting as Adamas, and Sal Freelich continues his excellent start for the Brewers. He drives in a pair to give Milwaukee the first inning lead. Right fielder for the Milwaukee Brewers, Sal Freelich. He was on fire yesterday. He went two for three with a home run, two base on balls, and he had five RBI on the day as the Milwaukee Brewers got by the Pittsburgh Pirates, 14-1. to So going into play tonight, the Milwaukee Brewers are at the top of the National League Central, a half a game up over the Cincinnati Reds. Sal Freelich of the Milwaukee Brewers, your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator Gleaner, and Fent Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Riders injury report is out. The biggest takeaway is Brayden Lenius. He is out with a foot. Uh, we learned that today as well from Coach Craig Dickinson. We'll hear from him a little later on, but uh, looks like it's a little more serious than they initially thought. So Brayden Lenius will not be in the lineup tomorrow. So that makes for some Possible shuffling with the ratio tomorrow or on Sunday, Blaine Wyland. That's what it's looking like. Yeah, because it looks like Mitch Pickton's not going to be able to fill in spots. So it mm-hmm. looks like they're going to have to go one less receiver, uh, less one Canadian receiver. Probably going to go on the defensive side, whether that's in the back end. Could be a Charbel Beer, possibly. Uh, the remains to be seen. I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, and on the defensive side, the big talk of the week is, do the Riders have a guy that can, you know, keep up with Dustin Crum and his scrambling. Well, one guy that the Riders are going to be relying on in that aspect is linebacker Micah Tights and Blaine Wyland caught up with him after practice today. All right, I'm joined with number 43 for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Micah Tights and Micah, situation on Sunday. You guys are going to face a mobile quarterback. Is that, you know, extra responsibility for a weak side linebacker in terms of, you know, watching the quarterback uh, maneuver and, I guess, scramble out of the backfield? For sure. I mean, it all depends on you know what we're what we what we what the call is on the defense and whoever you know has that responsibility uh, I think uh, it just puts a little bit of extra pressure on them not specifically myself but 
you know, I think uh, just as a team, as front seven especially, we're going to be focused on that. I think you guys have done, a, I guess going back to the first game of the Cornelius, it seems like you guys have done a really good job with mobile quarterbacks so far this season. Yeah, it's just something that we think about. I mean, it's all the all credit to the D-line, keeping them in the pocket and whatnot. And when they come up, when he comes up through the B-gaps or into the A-gap, you know, that's when the linebackers can jump in and, uh, and get them. Is it kind of the weather like we've been having this week? You know, this plus 30, really hot weather, you know, where you drink a lot, of, you guys are drinking a lot of fluids. Is that kind of the best weather when you're facing a quarterback like that? Even though you guys are going to be sweating a lot. For sure, I mean... I don't do so well in the super hot weather, but uh, you know what? I think it's uh, it'll be even for everybody. They got big guys on their O line; they'll get tired if it's super hot like that, you know. And you know, it's just uh, you know, it's just can't worry about the the climate or anything like that. So yeah, I know exactly why you can't exactly why the sun hates us. It's yeah. very, very very. How are you feeling though so far this season? We're about the halfway point of the yeah. season, and things are looking good for you so far in terms yeah. of being lined up every day. Yeah, it's nice to be back and uh, just doing my thing again. I, I feel like I, you know, the first uh, few weeks were a little bit um, slower, but it just fit it fitting into it. like every year you kind of have a new role for yourself, and uh, yeah, just slowly uh, finding my place and doing my thing, and I'm happy with how it's going. And just going back to the last couple of weeks for the defense, how do you think the defense fared over these last two weeks, even though you guys didn't get the victories? Mm -hmm. But it seems like you guys, you know, definitely had the effort in BC. And even though you guys gave up 31 points last week, you, know, you guys only did give up one touchdown. Yeah, and I mean, statistically, we just played the two best offenses, and we felt like we really, you know, they didn't really get too much on us, to be honest with you. And uh, we're just looking to put it all together every single week. We think we have better players. We have better schemes. Our coaches are better. I think, uh, you know, that's just the way we look at everything. And as I said, you know, we are the halfway point. Is it too early to say, you know, desperate, much needed wins, you know, for this game on Sunday? Is it too early to get into that desperate mode? I don't know. Every every win, every game is a must win, like, for us. That's how everybody has to look at every game, whether it's game one, you got to win that game. Game two, you got to win that game. And then if you win those games, it don't matter. You don't, you're never in an actual must-win game. So that's our focus is to win every game. So yeah. Is it kind of also to a situation like I said, you know, a couple wins. Now it's a situation you just don't want to get in the situation possibly like last year where kind of things like snowball. Yeah, for sure. I, I was definitely, uh, you know, we started out hot last year and then I definitely kind of fell off a little bit. I think we have a, a different team, better uh, better men in the locker room that are more together. So I don't think that'll that'll happen. And, you know, I think we'll, we can just get rolling after the uh, for this game and as the season continues. And like, how tough was that for for you last year because you weren't in the lineup? And then I guess is there something now this year? You, you know, you feel more of an urgency to stop that now. Yeah, of course. You know, whatever I can do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to you know play my hardest every game and uh, do what the team needs me to do uh, for us to win. So. Yeah, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but how about Larry Dean? And it seems like that comeback story. I know it's, still, it's year two of his comeback story, but still, he's doing an amazing job. It seems he's like. awesome, man. He's a great, great partner to have in the middle. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, every week you see something uh, that he does. And it's pretty special. So it's cool to see. On the lighter side, of course, the fairs next door, the exhibition. Yeah. Uh, did you take partake at all so far this yeah, week? I got a cor I got a corn dog for lunch. I skipped the team lunch and, <laughs> and went over and got a corn dog. So uh, I think that's it. That'll be it for me. I know some of the guys. Uh, there's some cool concerts coming in. So, uh, but yeah, I think that's it for me for the fair. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Micah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Riders linebacker Micah Tights surviving the heat alongside Blaine Wyland all week long. Oh, oh. It's, it's tough for you guys. Actually, the... today was would today would have been all right to sit out for two hours, but good God. Yeah. Tell me about Wednesday and Thursday, day one, day two. Whew, I don't yeah. know how those guys did it. Especially for like the big linemen, the big guys, big guys like fullback Albert Awachi. You also caught up with him after practice today. 
All right, I'm joined with number 41 for the Saskatchewan Roughers, Albert Awachi, and I think it's fair to say you're probably the most underappreciated player on this team, Albert, because or do you feel that, that in the sense of being a fullback? I don't understand uh, why I'd be underappreciated. I think being with the team, everyone knows what I do uh, as my role, just being a bruiser out there uh, and making sure I know my keys, what I got to do to make sure both the pass game and the run game is successful. Um, I guess where you, I see where you're coming from, uh, fullbacks tend to, tend to have, you know, not the most glamorous role, but um, being here since 2017, I think uh, I'm well-respected out here, so yeah. Yeah, I apologize. I meant more coming from a fan perspective. I know you're well-respected uh, inside the locker room, so I apologize if I miscommunicate you with that, but uh, maybe just talk a little bit more. You talk about the bruising aspect, but maybe talk a little bit more about your responsibilities as the fullback. Right, so as a fullback, uh, it can be... It really depends on the game plan, who we have this week, um, whether it's Winnipeg or it can be something totally different like uh, Toronto that might have lighter people in the box but have a lot of different stunts. So me as a fullback, I got to know what the front is. As, as soon as I break the huddle, I got to identify uh, how many people, how many down linemen there are, how many linebackers, what are the free safety doing. And then I got to make an adjustment off the edge, whether I, I'm communicating with the tackle or even my running back. If, Let's say I gotta go do pass pro, then I'm communicating, constantly communicating with everyone on the field. So uh, definitely the communication part, definitely that everything's flowing uh, efficiently and that we're sustaining drives and leading for touchdowns. And I guess it could be a possible situation. Do you ever, if you turn, I said, sorry, in terms of it could be a possible situation this week, you might be able, you might see more snaps this week, I guess due to the Canadian situation at uh, slot back. Is that a situation, do you ever think about that in terms of the whole ratio situation, in terms of, you know, the snaps you get in terms of offense? Yeah, I don't think about it. It's just really how the game goes. Like some games, they just might be run heavy, right? Um, I've experienced games like that before, whether it's this year or previous year. So I'm not new to it. Um, I understand also that sometimes we want to score fast and that can be explosive plays first. So really, whatever the game dictates, I'm ready to do my job. And that's what I want to focus in on excellent, be excellent on. So it really dictates on how the game goes and who we're playing. So whatever we scheme, whether it's in meetings, whatnot, or if people go down, like we've seen in previous weeks, and I got to step up, then I'm ready to do that too. I know we talk a lot about uh, you know offensive linemen kind of getting in their groove with run blocking. Do fullbacks kind of get in that groove? Yeah, we get in the groove. As soon as the first play goes about, then we know, like, all right, what's the gonna, what's going to be the tone of, see, for me, especially, I like to measure how, how physical is this game going to be. I like to measure out. All right, who's the bruisers on their team? Are they hitting today? Are they hitting right now? Well, I'm, I'm going to set the tone regardless. I want to see how they respond. So whether it's the DN or, or the opposite rush, it don't matter. It's just be physical. That's really how fullbacks usually set the tone. And then obviously our footwork has to be under us as well. We can't just be in there blindfolded, head down, ducking or anything like that. we got to make sure we have good footwork. And that's what uh, Coach Boduk has definitely prepared us for every time in indie, uh, indie sessions and make sure that we're balanced and not just uh, uh, doing our own thing out there. And of course, along being the fullback, your uh, main contributor on specialties. Can you talk a little bit more exactly, you know, maybe fans don't have an idea, but what exactly in terms of the four specialties, your positions are in those those units? Right. It can be really whatever the team needs. So I've definitely played, whether it's being the wedge buster on kicker off return, whether it's a field goal, making sure I hold my edge so Lather gets a clean, nice look for his kick. It can be outlaws or what we call... Uh, I don't want to give it to my vote. We also have punt, punt return and stuff like that. So you definitely see me around uh, wherever is needed, right? Wherever is needed or every kickoff return, if you really just want to find the wedge, then you'll find me out there. 
And I guess in terms of, you know, I guess punt coverage after last week, is this a, a redemption week after kind of the, the runbacks that, uh, that happened last week in Nova Scotia? Yeah, honestly, that play was a disappointment because just did not measure up to our standards. We got to do better. We got to, uh, whether it's just communicating and just having more awareness. Uh, Coach Dickey is big on our, on our pillars, being smart, physical, and together. And smartness is just that first one that I mentioned, right? So we got to see all right, where that ball placement is, we got to understand who our returner is, what he likes to do. Uh, we've seen in Tennessee that he does like to lose a couple of yards and goes to the field. But this time around, we know what we got to do to execute. We know, not that we didn't know that this week, but we know that that was a disappointment that we had last week, and we do that out of bounce back. I saw in your stat sheet that you're weighing in 260 pounds. I'm not sure if that's the accurate number or not, but looking at your size, then obviously that's a sign that you got strength. Right. Is that is that kind of true that you're a very uh i guess strong athlete most definitely i mean 263 that was that was about after camp so i came into camp about 272 and believe it or not so i was grinding here since january just every single day about four to five hours a day uh doing coach clint's workouts he's been on top of it i've been following his workouts since i came here so really uh the strength and and I might not look 260, 270, whatnot, but it's, that strength is definitely there, and I think the defenses know that when they play against me. Just on the lighter side, of course, the exhibition's going on next door. Did you get the chance to partake at all this week? Um, yeah, I did. I did cornhole with um, they had these drunk goggles on, right? So <laughs> all my throws were just lining to the left. So as well as I was trying to adjust, it was just not happening for me. So you guys don't drink and drive. Definitely don't don't be responsible. <laughs> I guess you're not a quarterback then. Definitely no, not a, now on a cornhole quarterback to say. <laughs> All right, well, thanks a lot, Albert. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That's Albert Owachi with Blaine Wyland after practice today, and we are going to hit the break. And on the other side, we caught up with Shaq Evans earlier this week. He is making his first return to Mosaic Stadium as an opponent. Yes, he's with the Ottawa Red Blacks now, so we asked him earlier this week, you know, what's your emotion level going to be like? And uh, you'll find out what he had to say on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on this hot and smoky, th- uh, I almost said Thursday, Blaine. It's a Friday, TGIF. It's weekend time on 620 CKRM. Report is for Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boater pontoon from Kevin's Marine in Fort Quapel, kevinsmarine.com. And, well, the week in the Canadian Football League, it kicked off last night with an absolute shellacking. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, they beat down the BC Lions 50-14 to the final. Uh, Bombers defensive end and former rider Willie Jefferson, who had a sack in the game, will be joining the sports cage here uh, just after 5.30 on today's show. So Friday Night Football tonight sees the Toronto Argonauts, who look to stay unbeaten. They take on the Calgary Stampeders at McMahon Stadium. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the sports cage on 620 CKRM. And yes, earlier this week, we caught up with Shaq Evans, who is making his return to Mosaic Stadium on Sunday. His first visit to Mosaic Stadium as a visitor. So we asked Shaq Evans earlier this week a lot of questions. So let's go back in time here till well, it wasn't too far away, 48 hours ago. And uh, listening with that conversation with Shaq Evans of now, the Ottawa Red Blacks. Sean Kleisinger sitting in for 
Michael Ball, Blaine Wyland alongside me as the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We're back on the practice field today, getting all set and fine-tuned for Sunday's game versus the visiting Ottawa Red Blacks. And we are now joined on the Western Pizza Hotline by former Saskatchewan Rough Rider receiver and current Red Black receiver. A fan favorite here in Riderville, Shaq Evans. How you doing today, Shaq? Thanks for uh, carving out a couple minutes here. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm doing well. I uh, appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely excited about this, about this week. Yeah. Uh, Shaq, about a month ago, I was, uh, chatting with your former teammate here in Saskatchewan, Manny Arsenal, and I was telling him, hey, man, there's still a lot of, of your jerseys being worn around town here. And same thing goes with yourself, Shaq Evans. Uh, there's always a Evans number one jersey being worn by fans at Mosaic Stadium. So, uh, I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked Manny Arsenal. How does that make you feel knowing that the, the fan base here still, you know, adores the Shaq Evans? Uh, man, you know, that, 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 that feels, it feels great, you know, just, you know, because, uh, like I said, I enjoyed my, my time there and it was, it was tremendous. And I always felt love from the crowd, you know, from the fans. You know, obviously there was always those fans that were, you know, negative at times, but for the most part, man, I, know I got nothing but love there, and to hear that people are still wearing my jersey, it does make you feel good, because it lets you know that there was there was definitely love there for the, the year that you were there. Yeah, and you already mentioned it, you're excited to come back this weekend. This weekend will be your first time back at Mosaic Stadium as a visiting player, and well, I was going to ask you what your emotions will be like on Sunday, but you can't really predict emotion. So I'll ask you as it sits today, what's what's the feeling inside of Shaq Evans' belly leading up to this game? Uh, yeah, like you said, I can't really predict how I'm going to feel on game day, but right now I'm just, like I said, it's just excitement, you know. Uh, it's a great opportunity, you know, just, just be on the other side. You know, I never, you know, thought about, thought about that part until, you know, six months ago when I signed with Ottawa about, you know, being on the other side and having to deal with the crowd, you know, pre-snap, you know, I was always one, always one of the guys, you know, pumping up the crowd. Now I got to deal with the crowd and, and try to, you know, run my plays and stuff like that. But like I said, the main feeling right now inside me is just, you know, excitement and, you know, it's like, like my second home. So I'm definitely excited to get back in Regina for the first time in a while. Yeah. And, uh, Shaq, um... I, I would consider you like, uh, you know, you love football, obviously. You're an emotional player, so I'm just trying to, like, predict what your emotions will be like on, on Sunday. Can can you, like, maybe lay a prediction? Is there going to be some, you know, some tears, or is it going to be something that you're going to try to hold back on? Or are you just going to, you know, let it flow? I'm going to just let it flow. Whatever whatever comes naturally is what I'm going to let yeah. flow. Because, I mean, I, as, as human beings, it's okay to, yeah. you know, let emotions out if, if, if it is there. If there are tears, then let it, so be it, you know, get it out the way and, and get back focused on the game. But uh, I'm just going to let it be natural. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't know what I'm going to feel because mm-hmm. I never thought about being in this situation, you know. So, but uh, uh, it's, it's definitely going to be, it's definitely going to be some emotions there because, like, I spent a lot of time there. Went through a lot of stuff there, had great seasons, down seasons, injuries, you know, great games, bad games. So it's like every emotion I, I felt there, being there. So it probably might all come rushing back to me once it's, you know, a few minutes before, you know, kickoff and things like that. But at the end of the day, man, I'm just, like I said, I'm just excited and, and grateful that I even have this opportunity to do something like this. Not a lot of people get to play against their former team and, and still have them, you know, have affinity for them. So, I'm definitely excited to, to get back to Mosaic. 
Then you you mentioned uh, memories. Uh, I'm going to piggyback on that. What is the first catch that comes to mind when you think of your tenure with the Riders? What catch uh, did you think of just right now when uh, I asked you the question? What's number one? I probably would have to go with uh, the first time, the the first deep ball I cut uh, down the side. There were the opponent sideline against Montreal in 2018. It was on Tommy Campbell yeah. uh, from Dave Watford. Actually, he threw me the ball. And the funny thing about that play is that I didn't even know I had a go route until about maybe two or three seconds before the, before the ball was snapped. And uh, he threw it up to me, and I made a great play. And I still to this day don't think I was down by contact because I got up and put the ball behind my back and made the second guy miss and would have scored if they didn't blow me dead. But that's definitely the first catch because I was like, I think that was my first uh, I think that was my first game at Mosaic Stadium because we had played Toronto a couple weeks before that, but I wasn't active. And then that was, I think that was our second game at home against Montreal. Yeah, maybe I remember that like yesterday. Uh, I don't remember it as good as you do, but I remember that uh, play, no doubt. Uh, Ottawa Red Blacks receiver Shaq Evans with us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Hey, so uh, tell us about your new QB1, Dustin Crum. What's he like? CFL fans are still getting familiar uh, with uh, the Red Blacks' new quarterback. You're in the locker room with them every day. What kind of guy is yeah. Dustin Crum? Mm-hmm. We already know he's a smart rocket scientist. <laughs> yeah, that, that was amazing. I just found that out like last week. I was yeah. like, "Wow, no wonder." But yeah, he's a, definitely a smart guy. He's a he's a focused guy. He's a driven guy, and uh, he has this quiet cockiness about him where he because he, he puts in the work and he he knows that he's prepared and uh, you can just sense that. And like, uh, so when he got his, I think it's yeah, when he got his first start against uh, against Winnipeg, like I wasn't. I wasn't surprised how he played because I just I had a feeling like I like this guy there's something about him like just being around him for a couple of months up to that point and like I said he had this quiet cockiness about him and I know that he's very diligent in his preparation so it wasn't really a surprise to me that he played so well I mean he started off kind of slow but that was expected it was his first professional start and uh but you saw a second half he just he just took off and uh he's been he's been playing well for us you know a lot of people thought our season was was pretty much down the drain once Masoli and Tyree Adams went down, but uh, nah, Dustin. Dustin is a guy that I think can can definitely make some have some success in this league. So, so, do you think is this something that you saw like during training camp? Did you see the potential in this Dustin Crum, or is it something? Or is it one of those things where you need to see this guy in action before you know you're a believer in it? Because I don't think anybody knew who Dustin Crum was before you know <laughs> uh, he helped nah, you guys I, rattle off back to back wins there dramatic fashion yeah 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 like I said like I had been around him since training camp so even though I didn't get a lot of reps with him I can just I always just looked at him and I could just tell he just knew what he was doing Mm -hmm. and he knew he was prepared like he and he he didn't get a lot of reps I think he did get a lot of reps in training camp he didn't get a lot of reps in in preseason games either Uh, but um I just he but he always was ready and that's what let me know like when he gets if he does get a chance when he and he got his chance against Winnipeg, I knew okay, this guy is gonna he's gonna make some noise because I know like he he's always ready no matter what. Like he's definitely ready, and he's and now that he knows that he's a starter, I knew he would be even more than more than ready. How are uh, how are you feeling physically after your first game back last week versus Hamilton? You're obviously hoping to be more and more involved with this offense as the season progresses. Yeah. I take it. Yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah. I'm physically. I'm fine. Uh, I think last week was just. Shaking off the rust, you know. Um, I, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself that game to come out and be All Star Shaq Evans, you know, first game back, which is 
which was a lot to put on myself for first game with the not even not even just first game, first game with a whole new team, a whole new roster, a whole new quarterback. So, but I know that each week I will be each I'll each week I'll get better and better, and um, I'm feeling even better than I was last week because I have two weeks of practice under my belt, and this is my third week of practice, and I'm I'm starting to feel like I'm coming into myself, and uh, so. Hopefully I can go out there and uh, have a, a, a pretty good game uh, individually uh, against Saskatchewan. But at the end of the day, the main thing I want to do is just go in there and get a W. I mean, I know Saskatchewan fans probably hate hearing me say that getting a W against them. I never thought I'd say that, but uh, <laughs> I do want to. I do. I do want to win really bad, and that's that's the main goal for for Sunday. Yeah, no, I think the most important thing is you know Shaq Evans is still playing in the Canadian Football League. That's good for everybody. So can't wait to see you play here. Mm-hmm. What's it like, man, wearing? Uh, brand new colors you know red black white you wore green and white for years college you wore yeah. you know gold baby blue whatever they call yeah. it powder blue what's it like man wearing yeah. uh the new threads yeah i like it uh, red has always been one of my favorite colors red and blue so just 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 having a chance to you know put on that the red and the black is it's so sweet looking like it's like it's like you just it's like it's almost impossible to not look look swaggy with the with the red and the black especially when we were at home with our all black jerseys and the, with the red stripes and stuff like that yeah so i definitely definitely like it uh and um definitely um can't wait to this will be my first time rocking the all white um this 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 sunday so i'm definitely looking forward to that there we go some breaking news i think some all white unis for the red blacks coming up mm-hmm. here on a sunday afternoon i love those helmets you guys wore uh the other uh, the other game with the stripe yeah, on it was, with the big yeah, r I, was, I love that one more than the uh yeah. the, than the original i think yeah everybody was loving the big r like everybody like including myself i was like damn then when we walked in this week, and they put the small R's back on there, but I was like, oh, like, it's like that. <laughs> yeah, because I think it reminds a lot of people of like the the Ottawa Rough Riders back in the day. You know, the R's kind of yeah, similar. Exactly. They used to have a big exactly. R on the helmet, so I, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it correlates to yeah. a lot of fans. Hey, Shaq, man, I can't wait to see you back in Regina here on Sunday. Thanks for carving out a couple minutes. Rider Nation still loves you. I can't wait to see you in action here at Mosaic Stadium. No problem, man. I appreciate you having me, and uh, best of luck to Ryder fans and the Riders on Sunday. But uh, like I said, we're we're coming in there to win, and it should, it should be a really a really good game. Yes, sir. That's Shaq Evans. Love it. Love every second of it. Thank you again, Shaq, for joining us uh, on the Western Pizza Hotline. It's going to be a great game, man. On on Sunday, I think it's a five p.m. 5 p.m. kickoff. Yes, yeah, there we go. Shaq knows, and I don't, but that's a good thing. He's playing, and I'm not playing. <laughs> yeah, I just exactly. have to operate that. Hey, thanks, Shaq. We'll see you Sunday. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Yes, we are talking riders. Keep the text coming. 306-936-6262 is the text line, as it is every single day. And uh, I had my text line up, and now it crashed on me. I have it up again here, though. Here we go. I got a text in from a, a texter with no name. Oh, that breaks my heart when there's no name alongside of it. But the texter says, uh, that was a terrible game last night. I don't like the short weeks, especially uh, with the team coming off a two-week bye and then playing a team 
that had only four days between games. That's the result I expect in that situation. I wish the CFL would not do it. Not good to see that kind of product on the field. Oh, Andrew from Kitchener. I'm so I'm sorry, Andrew. I was just waiting for you at the. I saw that. Yeah, end. I was just waiting for you to say. Oh man, I usually have. I would have to go into a big spiel of how you know this platform is set up for our listeners to understand. But I didn't see his name. But Andrew from Kitchener, that's a pretty good point. I know Ballsy said something along the lines of that on uh, on Twitter last night. I mean, this is a BC Lions team that uh, played, what, two games in five days? I was talking to our resident BC Lion fan today, and he kind of explained that. Of course, our IT guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, big old Jim, love him. Yeah, love him. He, he was he was relaxed, you know, for a for a team that for his team that got whipped fifty to fourteen, he was pretty relaxed yeah. today. Marathon, not a sprint, baby. Marathon, not a sprint. Hey, one guy who will be sprinting all over the field tomorrow. Hopefully, not sprinting behind the quarterback. I keep saying tomorrow. I mean Sunday. Dustin Crum, he is more than likely going to be using his legs on Sunday evening at Mosaic Stadium, and the guy. Who will be defending him is C.J. Rivas, and you, Blaine Weiland, caught up with him after practice today. All right, I'm joined with number 22 of the Saskatchewan Friars, C.J. Rivas. And C.J., I guess you know we're about getting close to the halfway point of this season so far. From your perspective, how has the season gone for yourself? Myself, uh, you know, um, it's gone pretty well. You know, I started off uh, strong, you know, as of late. It's been uh, back to special teams role, but, you know, I'm just taking day by day right now. Just talk about your versatility. You've had to fill in, obviously, at the beginning of the season. You filled in for Derek Moncraven as well. You spent some time in the back end filling in for Jaden Dulkey. Just talk about the versatility you bring to the team. Yeah, man, I just feel like the more you can do, the more valuable you are. So I just promise myself I'm being like real valuable. That's all I want to do is just be valuable to my team. Even though you said you mentioned you're back to special team mode, yeah. but like still, you still got that you know first team defense yeah. mentality. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. I feel like whenever I'm out there, uh, I'm I'm the best. You know what I do. So I feel like whether I'm backup or I'm a starter, it's the same preparation every week. I'm not sure if they broke it down to you guys, but I know a lot of times you you line up in the starting lineup. Derek Moncrief is a designated American. Do you guys do you have a full understanding of that? I have no idea what, what was going on. To be honest, <laughs> I don't know anything about that. That's okay. That's okay because I don't either. Yeah, um, but can you talk about the sim- similarities of those two positions, a strong side linebacker and the safety mm-hmm. position, and why are those two positions so similar? Uh, I feel like Sam is 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 physical position. You know what I'm saying? You got to control what's going on. You got to know what everybody's doing. I feel like Sam is the most talkative position. You know, Sam and Free. So you got to be able to control the defense and control everybody around you. So I think those two similarities, being just being in charge of defense. In a situation when you're facing like a mobile quarterback, is this a situation where you know you guys got to be even more active, along with you guys' duties in the back end in terms of you know. Guarding, I guess, in you know, with tackling Dustin Crum this week. Yeah, definitely, man. You know, whenever you play a quarterback who can run, uh, it's tough because they are, they add they add extra element to the, to, to the game. You know, so whenever we're in coverage, we gotta just be, be sure to peek back and make sure that he's not taking off. You know. And just talk about how you guys build communication, especially in that back end, especially in the situation you got a mobile quarterback, and you're gonna have to call different schemes on the run. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we all are pretty tight knit group. You know, we just we always hang out, we always chill together. So we have pretty good chemistry outside of football and just in just life. You know what I'm saying? So I think we're gonna feel it just flows well with all of us out there together. I guess, can you talk about like a performance like last week from the defense, where a situation it was a 31-13 score, but from a defense event, I think that probably not like a. It didn't reflect how you guys' performance was last week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we just try to help our team win every, every week. You know, we have a standard on defense, so our standard is you know, not, a, not a team score as many points and not give up yards. So I think we just keep doing our, our job every, every, every week, and it will be all right. 
I know we're at the midway point. Is it too early to say, you know, those cliches of must-win, desperation games? Is it too early for that yet? I feel like every every game is, is a must-win, to be honest. I mean, you, you never want to go out there and, and just lollygag around. So I feel like every game we come out there with that must-win mentality. I guess, you know, going forward for the rest of the season, obviously you want to be as feel as much as you can. But what are kind of your goals for this season? Uh, my goals are, are, still, are still, still the same. You know, I want to be an all-star, whether, that, whether that's teams or defense. I want to be rookie year of the year defense, if, I, that's, if that's possible. Uh, I, I, I want to win Grey Cup. You know, so I want to win a great cup. I want to win. That's all I want to do is win, to be honest. <laughs> just so all those things will come if you just win. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. We all like to win. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, going on the lighter side. Next door, the fair going on. Is that something? Yeah. You know, growing up, you, you, you go to, like, fairs like that? Yeah, I'm, I have been to a fair since I was 12. So I just went last night, to be honest. And it was, it was, it was crazy, man. I haven't been to a fair in so, so long. I, I miss the smell of the funnel cake, you know, dirty street, everything. It just all bring back memories. You got like, did you play any games? Yeah, I played a basketball game. I won a prize. I played the little uh, the little water gun shooting game. I, I, I won that prize too, so I did pretty good last night to get at the fair. I did, I did pretty well. And did you check out Flo Rider? I did not see Flo Rider. I, I missed him. I missed him, man. All I right. heard a new edition's coming out. He's coming out here. The new edition's coming out. Or Boys and Men, one of the two. Yeah, Boys and so, Men. Yeah, yeah, okay, Boys and Men. So I'll try to hit that one today. All right, well, this is our house, and I guess hopefully you guys protect it on Sunday. Thanks a lot, CJ. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have, have a good one. When Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. All right, one more hour to go, and then it's weekend time. Time to make my way over to the Queen City X and... Slug back some mini donuts with Joey Chestnut, who's in town. He was in our studio earlier today. You're going to play some carnival games, I bet, eh? Oh. I want to see that rocket arm knock off some, you know, those old pin games. I got to believe you're going to knock some down, you man. Better, you better believe I got some Uncle Uncle Rico in this arm, this right arm. My old quarterback right here. But, no, it's going to be it's gonna be a fun weekend. You got a, got a nice wedding to attend tomorrow. And then, yeah, the big rider game on Sunday. So it's going to be a, an eventful weekend. Today's show is brought to you by Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. And joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline right now is Farhan Lalji. And Farhan is in Calgary for uh, for Friday Night Football tonight. And Farhan, you just recently uh, got back from a nice little road Swing, I guess you can say, down south. You were at the Jacksonville Jaguars camp looking at uh, Nathan Rourke. And uh, how did, I guess overall, how did uh, your trip go down south? Well, it was fun. It's always fun to get on the road and get to all these NFL camps. You know, it's funny, back in the day when I was still coaching high school football, it's like I'd view these things as a, you know, as a, as a mini coach's clinic. You know, you mm-hmm. you try to pick up everything from drills and things like that, but uh, it was it was fun, right? And getting a chance to catch up with some of the key Canadians in the league, including Nathan Rourke and Javon Holland in Miami and Chase Claypool in Chicago, and uh, it was good, right? And, and from Nathan's perspective, I think he has looked good with any opportunity he's been given. However, he hasn't been given enough of an opportunity uh, as I see it, right? And, and certainly, I think uh, when he signed, while he was hoping to compete for the backup job, he wasn't surprised that C.J. Beathard was signed. I think they kind of knew that that was coming, but I think from an overall rep count, right, which is really all you want as a competitor, is an opportunity to show what you can do. I think it was kind of a thought at the time that, you know, maybe the reps should be like 60-40 with the seconds and thirds in favor of Beathard, and it's kind of been more 80-20. You know, he really has received a lion's share of the reps, and, and Nathan just hasn't had enough, but every time he's had the opportunity, he's done well with it. 
Um, the day before I got there, he was, I think, six for six passing during 11 on 11 periods. Uh, when I was there, I think he was six for seven in 11 on 11. And Skelly, with uh, the one incompletion being a drop, right? So I think overall, mm. he's done well when he's had the opportunity. He's just got to get more of it, you know? So, so that's, yeah, that was probably the big takeaway. Can you. Uh... Can you see him getting much opportunity in the preseason games then? Because uh, obviously Trevor Lawrence is not going to take the bulk of the snaps you would imagine in the preseason games, especially early on, uh, early on. Yeah, that's the big ticket is the preseason, and he knows that. The coaches have told him that. The you know the, uh, the the head coach Doug Peterson and Press Taylor, the offensive coordinator, they've said to him like, "You are going to play a lot, right? Like you'll probably get." You know, it'll, it'll ramp up. I would imagine he'll probably get, uh, you know, 30 to 40% of the reps in the first game in Dallas. He'll probably get 50 to 60% the second game uh, when they're in Detroit. And uh, then the final game, he might get all of them, right? So um, they're not planning to play Trevor Lawrence much at all. I mean, he might get, you know, a series in game one or two, and it'll be that'll be it. They don't want to take a, a chance with an injury. He did get banged up late oh. in the season last year. It's all about him getting preseason reps to not only make an impression on the Jags, but an impression on 31 other NFL teams, and he knows that. The coaches have been honest with him about that, that you know that you're, you're trying out for everybody. And if he does really well, I think as the season progresses, I think that the, the rep count could change in terms of his opportunities in practice. So after Jacksonville, uh, where did you head off to next? Uh, we were in Miami the next day. I had a chance to watch Tua and Tyreek Hill and you know, the Dolphins at that point were, were recovering from the loss of Jalen Ramsey and Eli Apple coming in, and then, of course, Javon Holland uh, on that defense. And, you know, a young kid that I've known since he was, like, literally born, uh, running around uh, in British Columbia and in Coquitlam. So mm-hmm. just to kind of see how, how he's uh, evolved. And they've got a new defense there with Vic Fangio as a new defensive coordinator and seeing that. But, you know, liked what I saw from Tua. And uh, just kind of the next step he's taken in the offense, uh, year two under Mike McDaniel. And, and you know, you, you could kind of tell watching him that he knows where he wants to go with the ball and, and what the offense is designed to do, whereas last year at this time he was really, really figuring it out. And now, you know, for me, I think I think if Tua can stay healthy, I think the sky's the limit for the Dolphins in, in what's going to be a really competitive division. You know, I thought last year there was so much hype going into the AFC West with Mahomes and Herbert and Derek Carr and Russell Wilson, and it didn't necessarily play out that way, right? With with Denver being a disaster that it was, and you know, even even the Chargers and and the Raiders weren't as as good as we thought they'd be. I think there's a lot of that right now in the NFC East this year, right? With uh, with uh, Aaron Rodgers moving over into that division, and then you've got Tua, and then of course Josh Allen, and and you know, and even Mac Jones, which everybody's expecting to be the the, the worst of the four, but not necessarily being bad, but. Um, you know, it, it could be a really, really compelling division in the AFC East this year. Yeah, it was fun to watch NFL last night for the first time in a long time. The the Hall of Fame game from Canton, Ohio, between the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets. No, we didn't get to see Aaron Rodgers quite yet. That's not by no surprise because it's August 4th. Here we are. And uh, we are with Farhan Lalji of TSN here on the Western Pizza Hotline. And before we get into uh, get into the CFL, Farhan, uh, some more potential shakeups within the conferences uh, down south. And I know this intrigues you because uh, it's around your territory. The Big Ten expected uh, you know, to move ahead with a formal offer uh, for the Oregon Ducks and Washington Huskies. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's not just intriguing, it's upsetting. You know, I'm, I am very much zinger, a 
college football traditionalist. Like, mm-hmm. college football is my thing. Like, yeah, I don't know why you know me in that regard. Yep. As a fan, if you told me if I like the NFL or the CFL, neither. Mm-hmm. Big time college football is my thing. And I love the NFL and the CFL, but for me, that's work. My passion is, is college football. And, you know, my, my first memories literally of college football was watching Warren Moon in the Rose Bowl with the Washington Huskies, right? Like, that, that is my thing. And the tradition and pageantry of college football is what draws me to it, along yeah. with the style of play, but also the, you know, the, the other stuff. And I, I hate that it's become all about the money. Mm-hmm. Now, from a Huskies perspective, I get why they did it. They kind of had to with the way things were going and how bad the media deal was that was presented to them from Apple and, and all of that stuff. But it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. The Pac-12 is going to be no more. Washington and Oregon leave on the heels of USC and UCLA a year ago. Now the four corner schools with Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah follow Colorado over to the Big 12. And, like, you know, now there's four schools left. And, you know, some of them will go, you know, Oregon State and Washington State will wind up in the Mountain West probably. And, you know, will Stanford get extended into the Big Ten at some point? It's just awful that the Pac-12 is no no more. I was at back-to-back Washington-Michigan Rose Bowls in 90 and 91. Washington wins the first one, wins the national championship. They lose the second one. You know, so, so if you're a Don James and Washington fan, you hated Michigan and the Big 12 and Bo Schembechler. And I grew up on that, and now yeah. it's gone, and it sucks. Yeah. I kid you not, I was uh, in the commercial break. I, I was like the Blaine Wyland here across the board. I was like, I can't stand how all these conferences uh, conferences are changing. It's just like, uh, I'm alongside you, uh, Farhan. I'm a traditionalist. I don't like to see all these changes. Uh, I, I think back to my time, I think it was, uh, this might sound silly, uh, silly Farhan, but NCAA football 2005 for the PS2, okay? Larry Fitzgerald was on the cover in his Pittsburgh Panthers uni. I want those days back when it was just you knew exactly who was in each conference uh, conference there was no you know scratching your head wondering which teams are here and there but uh here we are august 4th the regional rivalries mattered and you were passionate about your region and they reflected the football in your part of the country and you know i've always had a real affinity for football in the state of washington because coaching where i did in bc we were down there playing all the time and I got to know all the coaches, and my son's playing in Washington now. And, you know, so, yeah, like, it, it matters. And the Big Ten is so overrated as a conference, too, right? Like, mm-hmm. look, at the end of the day, it'll be great. You know, I'm going to mourn right now. Then I'll be into it. And I'll look forward to Washington playing Ohio State, Michigan, and everybody else. But it's like, you know, you got two elite teams, really only one elite team three or four years ago. Michigan's just caught up now. And the rest of it is, it's like three-star talent with five-star fan bases. Yeah. You know, and, and my Big Ten friends who tell me, well, you know, it's not easy to go play at Camp Randall Stadium in Happy Valley and all. Like, shut up. The hardest part about all of that is going in November when it's snowing, right? Like, give me a break. It's it's Washington and – sorry, it's Ohio State and Michigan and then a whole lot of average. But they're all disguised as SEC teams because the fans are so into it and the money is all there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's SEC-level money. So, you know, stop along with it. It'll be great. And, you know, and I'll, I love the rivalries and – you know, making sure they're on, you know, maybe getting to play on a Fox Big Noon at some point and all this stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, give me my Apple Cup and give me my Rose Bowl and Pac-12 versus the Big Ten instead of the Pac-12 being in the Big Ten, right? Like, yeah, so it's, yeah. it's unfortunate because there's been a lot of leadership stumbles in the Pac-12 that have taken them to this. It yeah. have to be like this. This is preventable, but here we are. 
Remind me again, Blaine, to bring Farhan on again to talk college football because I've enjoyed this. Uh, before I let you go, Farhan, I do want to talk a little CFL, if you don't mind. You're in Calgary yeah. for the game tonight. And I guess my question to you is, is the Calgary Stampeders season over? Because I'm looking at their schedule. They play Toronto, BC, Winnipeg, Toronto. Is it pretty much a write-off at 2-5 and five right now? Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for them. But look, I'm picking them to win tonight. I, I think Calgary is a little better than the record indicates. And I just say that because I, I don't think Jake Mayer the last two seasons was a figment of our imagination. And he's like, he's leading the league in passing. He just happens to be also leading the league in interceptions, right? He's doing a lot of good. He's got to prevent the catastrophic mistake. Um, and, I, you know, do I think they're going to win tonight? Maybe they just cover. I, I don't know. But uh, I think they've got a chance. They've been in every game. And, at the end of the day, the West isn't as good this year, right? And, you know, you've got Calgary, Saskatchewan that are going to wind up battling for that third spot. And if you gave me a choice right now on who to pick between the two, just based on the quarterback, I'm going to take Calgary. Mm-hmm. And, and I know people in Saskatchewan won't like that, and I hope Mason Fine or Jake Dolgala or whoever it is proves me wrong. But, um, you know, so for Calgary, they've started slow the last two years, uh, and then they build from there, and I think they can do that again. I don't think they're going to challenge BC and Winnipeg. Uh, but I, I do think they're, they still have room to get better, and it's not going to completely end for them right now. Hey, thanks for uh, your time today, Farhan, and uh, enjoy the game tonight, and uh, enjoy the Washington Huskies once they hit the field this year. I'll be at least three, probably four of their games, and it'll be the last dance for the Pac-12. It's going to be sad, but I'll, I'll appreciate it even more this year. Yes. Thank you, Farhan. All right, take care, buddy. You too. That's Farhan Lalji of TSN on the Western Pizza Hotline getting set for Friday night for about a night. And uh, we are going to hit the break. And we haven't heard from uh, Coach Craig Dickinson yet, so we will hear from him on the other side. The big news of the day in Ryderville, I guess you could say, is, yeah, Brayden Lenius, the injury is a little more serious than initially thought. So Brian Lenius will not be in the lineup on Sunday versus the Ottawa Red Blacks. But we will hear it from Coach Craig Dickinson himself on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. Back inside the sports cage. It's a Friday. Sean Kleisinger here and uh, going over some news and notes happening across the world of sports. Uh, I already mentioned this at the top of the show. Did you see this, Blaine? Uh, in part of a new documentary on Netflix, it's called Johnny Football. It's set to be oh, yeah. released on Tuesday. I saw a little speech bubble today pop up on mm-hmm. Twitter, and it said Johnny Manziel, uh, apparently he attempted suicide after the Cleveland Browns cut him in 2016. Now, I don't know if that's like breaking news or if that was you know i think that's kind of, uh, i don't know if you classify breaking because it happened you know a few years ago but you uh, know what i mean like, yeah like brand, we didn't know this like yeah. public knowledge type of thing i mean he was kind of the he was the butt of the joke at the time mm-hmm. you know the whole money and i mean let's face it it was because of the whole money thing yeah. and all that but uh, yeah it's uh pretty sad actually and he went on to blow five million dollars on like a just a complete bender for like a week straight. I remember doing, going up the can, of course, playing the Alouettes. Yeah, yeah. Hamilton Tiger Cats yeah. as well for uh, a cup of a cup of tea, if you will. So I can't wait to watch that though. It's coming out on uh, Tuesday, and I think 
Tuesday as well is the first episode of Hard Knocks. I don't even know if I want to watch that, though, to be honest with you. I've honestly, the last few years of Hard Knocks, I've kind of... Kind of over it, huh? Yeah, you know, these shows are kind of, uh, I don't know. And I I know this year they're kind of getting rid of the cuts, which is kind of good, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm kind of... These have almost been done to death. And now, especially with teams, don't want to do it. Yeah. Like, you got to force these teams to participate. It's kind of like you almost want them to be willing, willing to do it. And... It's just not the same, I guess. I don't know if it's just because it's overkill and we see it everywhere with all these documentary type shows. But Hard Knocks is just ha- doesn't have the same feel for me as it did like when it kind of first launched. I feel the same way about this uh, about this uh, quarterback documentary thing on on Netflix. Like a lot of people are liking it and stuff, and I I see the reason why. But I'm sitting back thinking, like at the end of the day, they're only showing what they want you to see like this isn't like 100% the way things happen and I I just to me that little aspect of it just gets a bit cheesy that's why I just can't totally get into these these things we need more NFL film type programs yeah those were the best yeah like watching Patty Mahomes and his family like chat after a game and you know that's just like that is so fabricated like they know the cameras there you know it's a different story if it's literally a fly on the wall with a camera attached to his back filming it now that that's the raw stuff you want to see but no they're just showing you what it's basically like a different form of of acting exactly it's stage reality it's state yeah so no like and then everybody getting all up in arms thinking how Kirk Cousins is just just beautiful human now and oh let's cheer for Kirk Cousins. No, I don't I'm You like not, that? You uh, like that? I'm not buying that. Like, yeah, obviously everybody's gonna think Kirk Cousins is a beauty now because you watched all these episodes of him being a family man and well he, he, what else is he gonna do? He's gonna put on a nice he's gonna he's gonna show you what you wanna see. You know what I mean? That, that's my rant for the day. Those, I had to get it off my chest. Those colors of purple just must drive you mad. Oh, yeah. Maybe that has something to do with it, too. Maybe that's why I quit watching it, because I just can't follow the Minnesota Vikings in depth like that, you know? No, can't do it. We we should switch the subject before I get frustrated, Blaine. Coach Craig Dickinson, your head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, caught up with the media after practice today, and uh, he let the media know and Rider Nation know that the injury to Braden Linnaeus, a little more, you know, significant than originally thought. No, Braden's uh, more serious than we thought, and unfortunately he's going to be out for an extended period of time. So what's the plan going to be? Is Mitch able to play? or you still Yeah, we'll have to figure it out. Um, you know, he did some other, very little today. If he can't go, we're going to change our ratio, and we'll go with uh, uh, an extra American receiver, and we'll make it up on the defense. Who would be that American receiver? Seems like right, Jared yeah, Stearns Jared, yeah, Stearns has done a good job. He'd be a guy we'd look at. Uh, Watson's played. It'd be one of those two. What's the challenge for this team with uh, Dustin Crum and his ability to run the ball? Just you got to defend the whole field and you got to defend every second. You know, he he's a guy that that can make you look awfully silly. I think he's he's done a lot of nice things for him. Willed their their team to victory really that first game and. Um, yeah, he's dangerous. He's he's definitely got me uh, up at night a little bit, thinking about uh, ways we can hopefully slow him down. What do you expect to see from Shaq Evans in this one? His first time. I playing think he'll play well. He'll play like he always does with great effort, and he's got a lot of speed, and and I'm sure he's anxious to get back here and and show everybody what he can do. He's not with the team. What did you see from him when his time here? Shaq. Shaq? Yeah. 
Shaq was always a hard worker. He just had he had bad luck with injuries, so he just couldn't seem to get healthy, and you know that's no fault of his. Uh, in the case of Braden, how badly do you feel for for him? I feel bad for him. I mean, that was his first game back after being out for six, and um, he's gonna be back on the sixth game again. So it's really been a tough year for him. Hopefully, hopefully, you know things turn around for him. We may see him at the end of the year, but it's it's a fairly long-term injury, we think. When you're facing ratio, ratio issues, do you find yourself turning to a guy like Albert Owachi more? Yeah, yeah. Albert, he can get us out of a lot of a lot of games. Can play receiver if you need him to, and fullback. So Albert has a real valuable role for this team, and and one of them is to get us get us uh, the ability to run certain plays out of different packages, and he can play both receiver and and fullback if we need him to. Yeah, it's just next game for us, but I mean, it's certainly an important game. Our guys know that. Uh, we've lost three in a row. We need to win at home in front of our own crowd. and It's supposed to be a nice evening, and, and this is a game we've had a good week of prep for. So uh, no excuses this week. we got to go out, play our best football, and, and uh, see where the chips fall. What have you seen from the offense throughout the week with Mason again? Uh, slow growth, uh, Britt, and, and uh, more comfort, comfort it looks like. you know, They had a really nice day yesterday. I thought today was also a good day. Um, I expect the offense to just slowly keep keep getting better each week with that continuity. It's Queen City X. Uh, do you have a favorite fair food? <laughs> I like all food. Uh, I really like those mini donuts. Um, and, a, and there's something about a hot dog and a beer while you're watching a rodeo or something like that. I enjoy that. Showcasing the boys of summer. Time for another edition of the Sports Cage Regina Red Sox Report on 620 CKRM. And it is for the Canadian Brew House and their summer feature menu, including jalapeno popper dip, hangover helper, new candlestick fries, and so many other features, flavors, cocktails, you name it. Maybe watch some CFL football at the CBH this weekend. And uh, the Regina Red Sox yesterday played their last regular season home game of 2023 as uh, they they dropped a tough one to the Sylvan Lake Gulls. 8-1 was the final score. So Regina has two more regular season games left and they both are in Medicine Hat. So tonight and tomorrow and then Regina and Medicine Hat will fire up the playoff series on Monday. Game one goes in Medicine Hat and game two will go in Regina at Curry Field on Tuesday, August 8th at 7.05 p.m. And tickets for that game go on sale tomorrow at noon on RegginaRedSox.com. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. 5.37 p.m. here on this Friday. Just awaiting Willie Jefferson's call on the Western Pizza Hotline. Expecting a call from Willie Jefferson of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. His Winnipeg Blue Bombers took down the BC Lions yesterday. 50-14 the final score. What I like to call a shellacking. Put the league on notice. Uh, so hopefully Willie calls in. If not, you just got to call an audible, baby. That's what you do in live radio. You call audibles and you go with the flow. You know, we were talking college football before. Yeah. And we are just listening to Andrew Salmon. I want to go to a Virginia Tech Ooh. game and watch the stadium jump. That yeah. Andrew Sandman entrance. Oh, oh that. The Hokies turn up. That's Michael Vick's college. Yep. That would be something, huh? And the other, the other, what's the other? Uh, I think it's the Iowa. Is it the Iowa Hawkeyes where there's like a children's hospital uh, uh, behind the end zone? 
And like the tradition is before kickoff, like the players and fans they like turn around and like wave. Oh, I'm. I think it might be the Iowa Hawkeyes. I could be. Or Clemson going Death Valley down the hill. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of great traditions. And we talked with Farhan Lauji to kick off this hour, and Farhan is not happy about all these changes when it comes to the conferences and college football right now. Because if you missed the news, for those of you who care about college football, Washington and Oregon. It was yeah to the Big Ten. I was just gonna say, I think it became like official right after we got off the phone with Farhan that the Big Ten officially announced that they're gonna welcome in those two schools next year, next August. Yeah, I was I was hesitant to say for sure because I I didn't see the official release, but you're right, it literally happened like while we were uh, talking with uh, Farhan as we await the call of our friend Willie Jefferson. If you haven't heard this, we caught up with Micah Tights after practice today. And Micah Tights, he's going to be a very important piece on that defense on Sunday for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders because you don't need me to tell you, but Ottawa has a quarterback who likes to, you know, tuck it and run. So that means, you know, it could either be a very long day if you're a linebacker or it can be a very satisfying day if you're a linebacker. And Micah Tights, he hopes it's the latter. All right, I'm joined with number 43 of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Micah Tights. And Micah, uh, situation on Sunday. You guys are going to face a mobile quarterback. Is that, you know, extra responsibility for a weak side linebacker in terms of, you know, watching the quarterback uh, maneuver and, I guess, scramble out of the backfield? For sure. I mean, it all depends on, you know, what we're, what we, what we, what the call is on the defense and whoever, you know, has that responsibility. Uh, I think uh, it just puts a little bit of extra pressure on them, not specifically myself. But, you know, I think uh, just as a team, as front seven especially, we're going to be focused on that. I think you guys have done, a, I guess going back to the first game of the Cornelius, it seems like you guys have done a really good job with mobile quarterbacks so far this season. Yeah, it's just something that we think about. I mean, it's all the all credit to the D-line, keeping them in the pocket and whatnot. And when they come up, when he comes up through the B-gaps or into the A-gap, you know, that's when the linebackers can jump in and, uh, and get them. Is it kind of the weather like we've been having this week? You know, this plus 30, really hot weather, you know, where you drink a lot, of, you guys are drinking a lot of fluids. Is that kind of the best weather when you're facing a quarterback like that? Even, even though you guys are going to be sweating a lot. For sure, I mean... I don't do so well in the super hot weather, but uh, you know what? I think it's uh, it'll be even for everybody. They got big guys on their O line. They'll get tired if it's super hot like that, you know. And you know, it's just uh, you know, it's just can't worry about the the climate or anything like that. So yeah, I know exactly why you can't exactly why the sun hates us. It's yeah. very, very very. How are you feeling though so far this season? We're about the halfway point of the yeah. season. Things are looking good for you so far in terms yeah. of being lined up every day. Yeah, it's nice to be back and uh, just doing my thing again. I, I feel like I, you know, the first uh, few weeks were a little bit um, slower, but it just fit it fitting into it. like every year you kind of have a new role for yourself and uh, yeah, just slowly uh, finding my place and doing my thing. And I'm happy with how it's going. And just going back to the last couple of weeks for the defense, how do you think the defense fared over these last two weeks, even though you guys didn't get the victories? Mm-hmm. But it seems like you guys, you know, definitely had the effort in BC. And even though you guys gave up 31 points last week, you, know, you guys only did give up one touchdown. Yeah, and I mean, statistically, we just played the two best offenses, and we felt like we really, you know, they didn't really get too much on us, to be honest with you. And uh, we're just looking to put it all together every single week. We think we have better players. We have better schemes. Our coaches are better. I think, uh, you know, that's just the way we look at everything. And as I said, you know, we are the halfway point. Is it too early to say, you know, desperate, much needed wins, you know, for this game on Sunday? Is it too early to get into that desperate mode? I don't know. Every every win, every game is a must win. 
like for us. That's how everybody has to look at every game, whether it's game one, you got to win that game. Game two, you got to win that game. And then if you win those games, it don't matter. You don't, you're never in an actual must-win game. So that's our focus is to win every game. So, yeah. Is it kind of also to the situation, like I said, you know, a couple wins. Now it's a situation you just don't want to get in the situation possibly like last year with kind of things like snowball. Yeah, for sure. I, I was definitely, uh, you know, we started out hot last year and then it yeah, definitely kind of fell off a little bit. I think we have a, a different team, better uh, better men in the locker room that are more together. So I don't think that'll that'll happen. And, you know, I think we'll, we can just get rolling after the uh, for this game and as the season continues. And like, how tough was that for for you last year because you weren't in the lineup? And then I guess is there something now this year? You, you know, you feel more of an urgency to stop that now. Yeah, of course. You know, whatever I can do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to you know play my hardest every game and uh, do what the team needs me to do uh, for us to win. So. Yeah, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but how about Larry Dean? And it seems like that comeback story. I know it's, still, it's year two of his comeback story, but still, he's doing an amazing job. Yeah, it seems he's like. awesome, man. He's a great, great partner to have in the middle. And uh, yeah, just uh, every week you see something uh, that he does. And it's pretty special. So it's cool to see. On the lighter side, of course, the fairs next door, the exhibition. Yeah. Uh, did you take partake at all so far this yeah, week? I got a cor I got a corn dog for lunch. I skipped the team lunch and, <laughs> and went over and got a corn dog. So uh, I think that's it. That'll be it for me. I know some of the guys. Uh, there's some cool concerts coming in. So, uh, but yeah, I think that's it for me for the fair. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Micah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. That's Riders linebacker Micah Tights after practice today. And we are now joined on the Western Pizza Hotline by Willie Jefferson of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And uh, Willie, thinking back on your time here in Regina, do you remember when the Queen City X was in town? And did you uh, ever, you know, walk around and maybe buy a couple mini donuts? Because uh, it's Queen City X time here in the Queen City. Oh, most definitely. When I was out there, I... Uh... I indulged in the festivities uh, most definitely. I got uh, funnel cake, Ooh. turkey leg, deep fried Oreos, Ooh. the uh, the mini donuts. Yeah, I did all that. I'm a, I'm a big carnival guy. Yeah. Hey, you 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 probably would like to hear this, but uh, guess who is in our studio today? Joey Chestnut himself, the hot dog eater. He's in uh, Regina this weekend. He's a uh, partaking in a mini donut eating contest so that's uh pretty cool to see how many mini donuts do you think willie jefferson can take back in 10 minutes i don't know man i'm a i'm a uh i'm a slow eater myself so Ooh, i'm like, not really yeah. good at the competition all right you just like to enjoy it huh i'm the same way i think Most definitely. yeah hey willie let's talk about the game last night i mean uh, i don't think many people were expecting a big 50 burger but there we go 50 to 14 the final score in favor of the winnipeg blue bombers at ig field you had a sack yourself uh just take us through the game you guys must have really had a chip on your shoulder after that uh, first game versus the Lions on June 22nd going into this game last night, and you basically showed the league, uh, you know, that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are still here. Oh, most definitely. That was the mindset, the 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 whole revenge thing and mm -hmm. getting back at those guys kind of thing. That was kind of a, a media take on things. Like, I understand, yeah. like, we are a top-tier team, and the BC Lions – from the beginning of the season to now has been a top-tier team. And, you know, they've been putting up a lot of points, been playing a lot of good football. And us going against them this week, uh, the rematch from, you know, week two or whatever or whatever it may be, um, it was it was a game that was that was going to be uh, a fist fight. And, you know, we came out and we was ready to play 
RA game, especially having Kenny back, uh, you know, having Kyrie back, having Winston back, <clears throat> those all those key pieces back on, you know, back on the field and things like that. We was ready to just get rolling, and you know, we just happened to have a, a great game. Offense, defense, and special team wise. Yeah, and I'm kind of thinking about it here. Like you guys played a very good BC Lions team yesterday, obviously, and now uh, this coming week, it's kind of like. Well, I don't want to sound critical, but you are you are off to Edmonton now to take on a winless football team. So, how does the pendulum swing? In a way, you know, uh, all the pressure kind of seemed maybe off you guys yesterday, uh, yesterday, and now is the pressure kind of more so on you guys coming up this week now because nobody wants to be that team to, you know, lose to the winless Elks. That sounds critical, but here I am. It's radio, baby. <laughs> Man, it's just uh, for us. It's just another. It's just another week to go one and zero. Yeah, you know, we're gonna have that mindset. Have that mindset going into uh. Each game, each week, we don't worry about, you know, the record or what uh, the other team has going on. We just want to, you know, have a great week of practice, great week of preparation, show up to wherever we're going, especially on the road, <clears throat> and handle business like we always do. We uh, we want to play a good game, a clean game, be physical, and go out there and at the end of the, at the end of the day come out with a win. When you look at your CFL career, has there been a certain team – or a certain like player that you really look forward to playing, whether it's like a certain matchup or if it's just in general like a certain venue versus a different team that you really look forward to, or is every single game the same for Willie Jefferson? Oh, I, uh, every game, every game is a uh, is a game to look forward to. You know, for me, just always just trying to uh, extend my legacy. You know, uh, put my stamp on the game and things like that. Every opportunity I get, I want to do that. But uh, when we go against, well, when, you know, when we as a team go against, you know, a really good team, a top-tier team, a top, you know, uh, player, things like that, especially a quarterback or a running back or offensive lineman or things like that, in my in my standings, you know, I want to I wanna go against them and I want to, you know, put my stamp on it. Like if we're going against a, a good quarterback and things like that, I want to be able to stack them. Or you know, get in his face, uh, get a couple knockdowns and things like that, so they know I'm here. If you're going against a good running back, I want to get a couple of TFLs on them to let them know, you know, <clears throat> the run game is really, you know, what I'm saying strong on this defense. And if I'm going against a, uh, a top tier offensive lineman, I want them to know that you know, lining up against me uh, is going to be work all game. And another aspect of your game that you've Oh, always had, as far as I can remember, is uh, pass knockdowns. Is that something that Willie Jefferson always had the knack of doing, dating back to, I don't know, college, high school? Is that the, I mean, just take us into that, because you don't see that very often where a defensive end has just that knack of just getting his arms up and deflecting balls, man. That's just a unique talent that you have. I'm... Uh... Just, I'm saying, like, the only the only thing that I can say is, you know, uh, me coming to the CFL, my first year in the CFL, 2014, playing for Coach Jones in that defense and him, you know, putting that in my mind uh, as a defense alignment. You know, they, we do a lot of zero blitz. We do a lot of uh, man blitzing and things like that to where, you know, uh, we moving all around the line and things like that, trying to get quarterbacks to throw the ball quick throw the check down and things like that. And, you know, guys my size 
not a lot of we're not a lot of guys my size in the league and things like that. But at the time, you know, Coach Jones and Coach uh, Philion, that was the thing they wanted me to do. Like, you know, if I can get uh, to the line, you know, get my hands up in the throwing lane to uh, knock some balls down, that'll uh, help the defense. So, you know, they they told the saying for the defensive line uh, when. Coach Jones was the defensive coach, and Coach Ed Fillion was the defensive line coach. Was a knockdown was just as good as a sack. So, yeah. Ever since 2014, I've been trying to get knockdowns and sacks. So, yeah. And Chris Jones is uh, your next opponent. The Edmonton Elks, as mentioned before, uh, Thursday, August 10th. Hey Willie, I want to thank you for taking a couple minutes here on your evening off and uh, uh, chat with us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, it's glad to hear you on Regina Airwaves once again. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys for having me. See you guys soon. Yeah, Labor Day Classic. Let's go, Willie. Can't wait to welcome you to Mosaic Stadium. Have a good night, my friend. You too. See you guys soon. Yep. That's Willie Jefferson on the Western Pizza Hotline as we head to break. And we will wrap up the show on the other side, getting closer to kickoff on Sunday. Rough Riders Red Blacks at Mosaic Stadium, 5 p.m. kickoff. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. 